Hello, and welcome to Gaming Fix, episode 127 on June 27th, 2020. We're halfway there, people. I am your host, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite onomatopoeia. Joining me today is Pat. It's like we're halfway through the, it feels like we're halfway through the decade, not just yeah. the year. And it's only been six months in, or I've only been there here for six months. Some people would say this isn't even the start of the decade. They're wrong. Well, those people are wrong and we're not going to entertain that on but the they, show. But they would say that. Uh, also not, joining us, uh, hot from the previous decade, Alex. Oh yeah. My onomatopoeia is a swift winnie. And uh, also joining us, the swiftest of winnies, Allison. Man, do you guys just ever think about what you were doing like just a couple months ago and go, oh, what, like what a quaint time we lived in? Frank, frankly, just a couple months ago, I was doing largely the same thing that I'm doing now. Uh, what existential despair? That well, and, I mean, yeah, that's sitting me. at home. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone to protests since then, but uh, aside from that, um, I, yeah, I was pretty this... mad then, too. So, <laughs> uh, hmm. well, I guess what I'm doing is an improvement. I'm not stuck at home, I, but hmm, yeah, I don't know. A weirdness. Uh, so today, before we get started, we wanted to once again draw your attention to the uh, news that has been uh, rampaging. I don't even know, just boiling throughout the gaming uh, industry and other industries as well. The news of racism, sexual allegations, and just general, general terribleness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we want to say we stand with the people who have been affected by this. Uh, and there are the people who have been affected by the abuse, not the people affected by the allegations. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to be clear. And we hope to see a change in the industry and that hopefully things improve. It's a, it's a long never ending battle, but hopefully this is the start of some greater change. Yeah. It's tumultuous times. Yeah. The, it, th- that's what I've been thinking about a lot with, reading a lot of these allegations recently is on, on the one hand, it's, it's terrible that these things are happening, but um, on the other, I'm glad that we're at a place right now where people feel they can speak out and be heard about it. So um, I'm just hopeful that this can lead to larger change. Yeah, I would agree with that. And yeah, I'm going to try and phrase this in as sensitive a way as possible, not to be misconstrued, but I am glad that the past week happened. Uh, Same with the Black Lives Matter protests. I'm glad that they happened. I'm not glad for the reasons behind them, for the reasons they had to happen, but the fact that they have come out so strongly and been impetus for change uh, means that momentum can go, go forward and we can look back on those as a point which could have started something bigger. And I think I've taken a pessimistic view in the past when these things come up, which is, you know, they're coming up again. Are they ever going to stop coming up? And one, the answer is probably no. Um, 
But two, one thing I think um, I'm trying to look at the ways in which things um, and like you're saying, Alex, it's hard to say to talk about this stuff without it being misconstrued. But um, this time around, I think we're seeing a lot more examples of people who certainly people who have been um, assaulted or, or physically abused from all this has been happening, too. But I think the fact that there has also been light shed on people who are emotionally abusive and um, gaslighting and and stuff like that is important because it feels like 10 years ago, the answer would have been that's not real abuse from lots of the community, even among people who today understand that those are forms of abuse that are also in a different way harmful and need to be called out and those abusers need to be held accountable too. Um, so I think that that is a way in which this sort of round of these things coming out has been um, encouraging, as awful as it is that it has to happen, has been the legitimacy that the deserved legitimacy that those forms of abuse have been treated with um, this time around has been encouraging for change, I think, to potential change. Because I think there's a lot of people who are learning that, in, in part because of the fact that so many of the private communications between people are becoming public. There's um, an example. You can point to these things. Now these examples as awful as they are and say, this is what emotional abuse looks like. So if there is someone talking to you like this in your life, or if you are talking to people like this in your life, that is an example of that. And it just, I think hopefully gives people a wider vocabulary to see this behavior in their friends and maybe even in themselves. Um, And, course correct more which yeah. uh is is how change happens uh as awful and painful as, as it is for the people who have been affected yeah very there, much so. um sorry go for there it still needs to be uh, like a reckoning for yes. a lot many of these people uh that's part two. streamers <laughs> especially um because they're not really accountable to anyone like they're their own thing until someone like Twitch or YouTube decides to crack down on these people uh, for this stuff. And, and in some cases they are, uh, it's hard to say when they are or not, because maybe they aren't saying anything. Uh, maybe we'll talk about the Dr. Disrespect stuff later, but no one knows what's going on with that. Um, but like, is that related? Maybe, maybe not. Um, and I, but I think but like one, some uh, developers sorry, are doing, Alex. some developers are doing a good job of, trying to address this like uh techland uh and like other uh companies that have been recently associated with chris avalone have been like he's not working on this project yep. anymore we have mm-hmm. cut him from it he's still his writing and stuff is still heavily influenced in some of these games but at least they're saying okay no he's not on this anymore we're taking him off yeah um, to continue with what Pat was kind of getting at and being able to look back at what has happened over the past week or two, maybe more, but the past week or two has kind of been like the boiling point. Um, you have examples of people writing down very thorough thoughts with yeah. very explicit calls to what happened and when, uh, often providing context and multiple corroborations between multiple people. And the thing is, like that happens. That's probably been happening for years. Doing it publicly is extremely difficult um, because you suddenly have eyes on things that you don't you don't generally want to share with others at the yeah. best of times. And now you're sharing it publicly. 
so I think the fact that those artifacts now exist and the people were brave enough to do it in the first place is something which should be appreciated. Absolutely. Um, I personally am not going to call their names up because I think it's difficult enough to have done that on their part. That if people want to look for them, they can. But and you know, it's tough. I think it's much more important to say that the people that were often um, called out in those posts, in those writings, in what, however you want to phrase it, uh, were people who were in positions of power. And they were using those positions of power as, you know, in pretty abhorrent ways. Yep. So you have your Chris Avalons, uh, uh, Ashraf Ishmael, uh, Andy Binahi, like all these people, they were called out by name. And I think that's very important because they need to be held accountable. And up until this point, it's it was really hard to because people felt they couldn't. Like they would speak to their HR, but what happens when your HR person is the one doing the abusing? Yep. Then oh, and HR is not generally there to help employees, it's no. there to protect right. the company. Right, it's often to just help yeah. the company, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so the fact that these people are coming out and like in a time when the economy is not particularly stable, potentially putting their livelihood on the line as well as, you know, reputations yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And the fact that people are coming out of the woodwork to support them, I find that yeah. I think that is extremely important and yeah, something many we of these stand by. Yeah, many of these people were driven out of the industry because of these incidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. like it's yeah. it's had a material effect on you know these people's lives. They've not been able to continue either because they rebuked these advances and basically were blackballed by this, these people in power. Or they're just like, I can't be here anymore because of what happened, uh, which is really awful. But hopefully we this allows things, draws more attention to it, makes it clear that this is not okay to more people. Yeah. And and, and companies I, I are willing to take more of a stand. I think it'll be um interesting feels like the wrong word to use, but I'm I am curious to see largely because I don't have all the answers for this stuff, where we go with someone like Chris Avalon in the future, um, whether the, I mean, it's interesting. You see the disparity. Avalon um, came out and like basically just sort of admitted to all of this stuff and gave kind of, uh, it's hard to know what sincerity is on Twitter, you know? So like, I don't know that, that, that that's, that the uh, the apology that he gave in one tweet doesn't really necessarily mean anything, and it certainly doesn't mean anything for the people that he's hurt. Um, but I don't know what that looks like if his if he goes to therapy and rehab and works on himself for the next ten years. Like I, I don't know what the the long term answer for a lot of this stuff is, but I do know that there are also people, to your point, Alex, um, like like Andy Benahi that uh, put together a frankly bullshit looking like defense and denial it with was, like photoshopped messages and and shit that was bizarre that was kind of disgusting too because it turned into victim blaming of course yeah and mm-hmm. and and i think it exemplifies what you're talking about with people in positions of power alex where these are often people who have never this is what they've always done and we're seeing it publicly but that kind of immediate turn in victim blaming that that 
happens happens privately and the people around the person in power go makes sense to me sorry and they just go with that without interrogating it at a deeper level in a lot of professional environments because it's easier for everyone around them to sweep it under the rug and accept that as the truth rather than actually do the work of supporting the victims so yeah and i mean that's that's not new either We've known about Randy Pitchford for years. Yep, exactly. And yep. I think hopefully there is a reckoning of some form coming with this. I hope there's yep. positive change. Yeah. And I think on a what you can do, this is an instance where, you know, I, if you call, call out your friend's shitty behavior right. and call out when you see, I think, uh, I don't know anyone who has ever done anything that I know of that is as I've never seen behavior at the levels that we're seeing in these allegations among my friends. Cause I certainly would have called it out, but I think even I can do a better job of saying, Hey, that joke sucks. Um, instead of letting it go. And I think or that's just even that, like, even just publicly saying, you know, Hey, I support uh, the victims in this is, yeah. is it can be really, really good because I know that, like on a very personal note, when I saw um, our own Twitter state post something about that, it made me like kind of emotional because I knew sure. like, I mean, I, I knew this already, but just seeing that like, you know, as as a as a woman in uh, who's like, you know, does a gaming podcast, a lot of times people can be kind of crummy. Um, I, I haven't had a lot of experiences with that, like directly, but you know, it knowing that you guys would be there for me is just like made such a big, you know, like made me emotional, even though I knew that like logically that you guys would obviously, but I don't know. It's, it, it just, it, it can make a lot of difference. 100%. Where, you know, we want to be a, a space where people feel welcome. And so hopefully we, or continue to uh, build that trust with people. Yeah, and straight up, if anyone feels we aren't, call us out. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think accountability goes both ways. I yep, think absolutely. Like, right. we should be able to call people out, but we should also be able to accept criticism. So if any listener we ever has feels that we need to be criticized for something, call us out, we'll listen. Yep. Right, and I, I, th- I think that, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I feel like I can in that, you know, becoming better is, is, is always a process. Um, and I know that all of us do want to become better people. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a constant thing. And hopefully that these actions that are, have been going on will be good for the industry, but also hopefully we can, as people in a podcast, keep moving in a positive direction. Well, agreed. How about we make the impossible pivot yeah. to Pokemon Cafe Mix? Oh God! God, really? <laughs> That's where you go. Uh, oh, the, the, most, the most <laughs> impossible pivot. Uh, not to make uh, light of you know the previous discussion, but, yeah. but you know, the, uh, well, well, this be, is the uh, the fair. hottest new release. I think. Okay, before we actually make the pivot. 
it should be worth saying a lot of us have been steeped in this for like not just this. It's been the pandemic. It's been the racial equality everything. movements. Yes. Everything has been really. It's been draining, and mm-hmm. like on yes. top of all the stuff of the past weeks. So I think it is good to still have some levity and pivot. That's why yeah, we are it's, continuing to do the podcast. Yeah, yes. I know the past yes. couple months have been kind of tough. So I I do really enjoy having this podcast, and I hope that people who listen have have that too. Where that they can enjoy just kind of something, you know, some levity. Anything. And yeah. I think, yeah, I think yeah. like the concept of ally fatigue is like laughable to me in so many oh. ways. So I, I and, yeah. and I don't think oh, that's yeah. what anybody here is saying, but at the same time, there definitely, I think some levity and some fun is, it, it's not necessarily sustainable to just be in misery. Yeah. Uh, 24 7 <laughs> for, for exactly. months at a time. Especially since this yeah. has already oh. been what what a year it's been in the past few months. 365, 2020, that's the promise. Yeah. Uh, not to. Oh, not to wait, is this a leap year? Was this was a 366 yes. this year? Yes, Damn. it was. Um, not, to get deep, not to get deep into another podcast, but I, what my partner and I have been listening to Mabim Bam for some of that levity again, and uh, my brother, my brother, and me. Uh, and they name their years every year with a big long episode at the end of the previous year. Mm-hmm. They're like, what are we going to call 2020? And recently they did an episode where they were like, we fucked up with the name, so we're changing it because the year has been so bad. <laughs> I'll let people go listen to to hear the full discussion. But yeah, I might have to go. What? I haven't listened to that, but I'll, I'll have to listen to that because. Uh, what was the original man? name? I don't even remember. Uh, wow. I mean, I, I, I like the show quite a bit, but. You know, I'm not. Uh, I don't always keep notes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, Pokemon Cafe. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's mix this podcast up. <sighs> it still feels like a weird transition to make, but Pokemon Cafe mix. It's a game that came out on the twenty third <laughs> or twenty fourth. Um, Is this the puzzle one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um I I've been playing it on Switch, but uh it's also on on phones. I say I've been playing it, but I don't know how much more I'll actually play it. So no. you know, well, so well here it's cute. It's what? cute. It's cute. That's like honestly the biggest thing going for it and the biggest thing that I would recommend it for is do you want a game that gives you cute photo cute pictures of Pokémon? And mm-hmm. pictures of food, like Pokemon food, and you're like, "That's cute." Wait, like wait. food made out of Pokemon? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, like, okay. Like, like, there. like it's like you know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Here we're going to have a, a stack of pancakes decorated to look like Eevee, uh, mm. and or here we're going to have like a little latte that has some like latte art in it. Like, it, it, okay, is is there an Amu rice with like ketchup art? Not that I've seen yet, but I'm. I would be surprised if there wouldn't, because they're still giving us like so. There's they they introduce uh, um, foods slowly. So make a good Pikachu out of almond rice. They yeah they have they definitely have sandwiches. They definitely have uh, pancakes. A um, couple of different drinks. What is the other ones? Oh, what, um, what would Muck be if he was a food? Uh, disgusting. Uh, 
It'd be a big old poutine. jello. It'd be poutine. You just put them all it's over some the right French color. fries. Jello poutine. Oh, isn't there uh, the, isn't there that food that's like a garbage plate? It, it, that's why uh, I went rubbish? poutine. Yeah, like 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 garbage fries. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, yeah, it's like, garbage fries are kind of like poutine, but with more stuff on them. It's just, just, uh, what's the difference between garbage fries and disco fries? I don't know. Gar- I, like a, gar- a garbage plate is just fries? like you put a bunch of stuff in there. Like, I don't know. It's and Disco fries is where you sprinkle cocaine over the top. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Any- speaking of upcoming television <laughs> anyways, shows. <laughs> anyways, uh, that's not what's in Pokemon Cafe Mix. Um there is no cocaine in that game. But uh, it's, yeah, it's basically, it's, it's it's a mobile game. Like, it's the most mobile game, mobile game out there, where you're basically doing, like, little, like, matching puzzles. Um, it reminds me of, uh, it, it's basically the uh, Disney Zoom Zoom game for mobile, but... With Pokemon, where you're just trying to link as many Pokemon of the same type together to uh, clear a number of things off a stage, or you, there's things that you have to link it near nearby so that you can clear those off the stage. So you've just so, got like a big old bucket of Pokemon heads, yeah. And you're just like dragging your finger around the ones that are close to each other that are touching, or right, yep, so like free form. Yeah, yeah, they all move around, and that's kind of like that's that's part of the strategy too, because it's it's not like a match three or, or it's not even it's not like like you can move everything around. So, for example, one of the things you need to do is like if you're making a sandwich, you need to move the um these tomatoes into these baskets, right? But you can move them kind of in the same move. By just kind of shifting all the Pokemon around and like it, it shifts everything over. So it's. Yeah. So. Um, but that's uh, the, the progression is also um, it doesn't make very much sense, but apparently if you serve enough Pokemon, a Pokemon enough times at the cafe, they'll decide, hey, I like this cafe enough. But I want to work at it. So you kind of collect Pokemon and they each have kind of have some specialties and ways to and ways that they can clear things or in ways that they uh, like what, what they're better at helping prepare. So if, if they're like better at preparing a sweet item, then they um, if you have an order come up for pancakes, then you don't want to use that one. If they're better at drinks, then you have them uh, show up. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's basically like, have you played a mobile puzzle game? Yes. It, it, Pokemon cafe mix. Um, uh, it's, it's free. I hate the term free to start, but that's what they're using for it. So it's free to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it, the, um, uh monetization is pretty relatively unobtrusive basically you're just paying for like do you want to have um some of the extra like bonus bonus things um or do you want extra lives but you only use the lives up if you 
uh, lose one of the if, if you if, uh, fail a stage. So it's 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 not as terrible as it could be, which I don't know if it's necessarily like That's... the most the uh, most uh, it's kind of damning with fate praise where I'm like. Oh, it's it could be could be worse, but you yeah, know that's, that's an interesting standard to hold it to. Oh, could be it's worse. Not as, it's not as terrible as it could have been. It's not as predatory as a lot of mobile games. It's it's you know pretty fair, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of other ways that you can spend your um, your money, which are golden acorns. So um, you know, do that with what you will. Um, it's I don't like I said I don't know how much more I'm gonna actually play this game. It doesn't because there's not that much um, other stuff that you can spend it on. It does it feels kind of slight, but I mean it's for for a free game, and you can see some pretty cute Pokemon. You know, it, it was it was it was fun to try from what I could try. All right. Uh, well, I look forward to you reporting back next week with uh, <laughs> reports on Pokemon Smile. Oh God, no! Oh. I, I, <laughs> I'm I'm not. Everyone five. could use a little extra help brushing their teeth. I, I have I have a friend who's playing po- playing Pokemon Smile with his son, and um, and it seems pretty cute from what I have been seeing on Twitter. Yeah, no, it's it's t- like it's. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I'm just <laughs> I'm not going to oh, play. Okay, Pokemon what if it was Bug Snacks Smile? Oh, oh God! You know, I mean, bug snacks makes me sn- smile. So it's it, it, true. Does it make you brush your teeth? Uh, no. Okay, no. You gotta gotta brush your teeth after eating those bug snacks. I mean, who knows if you'll still have teeth after eating some bug snacks? Yeah, your teeth could just turn into candy corn. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! There's no yeah. worse fate oh, in this yeah. universe than that. There's gonna be like a candy corn, like uh, like candy corn ants or something. I don't know. I. I don't know. I could think of a worse fate. Maybe, maybe you have to play the Pokemon Sword DLC, Alex. Boom! Oh god! Wow! So oh wow! Did you okay. did you see that one of the things you have to do in that DLC is find a hundred and fifty Diglett that are just hanging you don't have the island? to, but yes, like, well, you don't have to. But like the fuck, fuck it's, it's like so a collectible stupid. that they introduce. It's like the damn Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Okay, those are brilliant. Stop. Those are good. Oh, Except yeah, well, these, these are, are not awesome. as brilliant. The, 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 these are just are kind just, of like hanging just like, around. You see their little bits of hair popping out of the ground and you hit yeah. your button on them and they pop out and say, oh, yeah. And then they get sent back to their trainer. Yeah. I think you it need is, to say, okay. dig, let, dig. No, they, they don't say that. They say, they say like, oh, yay? <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. And they say like, oh, yeah. It's dumb. But anyways, I've been playing the Pokemon DLC. After the news that we're going to talk about later in the podcast, um, I felt very like, I was like, I want to play some Pokemon. So I decided that, you know, there is no way that this DLC is ever going to go on sale. So I was like, why not just pick it up and mess around with it? And it's been pretty, pretty fun so far. Um, But yeah, there are, there is that collectible for Diglett. Although it was very funny where... You find a Diglett and and the trainer shows up and is like, "Wow, you're so good at finding Diglett. Would you be able to? Would you help me find the other Diglett?" And you're like, "Yes." He's like, "Okay, great. There's 150. Go find them." And you're like, "Oh, that's if not what just I was." Evolve. It would just it'd be down to like 50 only. I mean, yeah. just like 50 Doug Trio or 150 Diglett. Uh, what what I do don't you know. choose? Spoiler: Honestly, You do find one a Doug Trio. 
I mean, collectibles are just bad. They're always bad. They're yeah, bad. It's, I mean, playing The Last of Us 2, the collectibles suck in that game, too. It feels pretty on The Witcher 2, so you get, like, trading cards for the people you sleep with. That's the first Witcher, thank you very much. Is it the first one? Only oh, no, you get a... You, <laughs> the numerous you get, nude women you can look at in your inventory in The Witcher you 1. You get it for <laughs> Vess. I think you get Vess's, like, Gwent card. Wait, is it, no, it's not Gwent. What the fuck? There's something in Witcher 2, and you sleep with... Vess and you get a card thing for whatever. I think it was more of a joke at how stupid that was in the first Witcher. Maybe but yes, maybe. So, Al- Allison, mm-hmm. have you find have you found that massive fucking waylord that's just that was out in so the good. Okay, <laughs> see that's why that's why I think that? that this is like this DLC. Um, since this is also just like the first part of the DLC, and that there's more coming later, might be like worth it, especially if you were into Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, is because basically the bulk of like there's a whole um, <clears throat> there's like the whole dojo and I'm I'm working on my way through the quests on that, but um, it, it's mostly like just this big wild area and it feels like a much better constructed wild area than the one that's in uh, the main game. Um, it feels like they kind of learned how to actually make a good wild area. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it feel, it feels a whole lot better, but one of the, it, so it's, since you're on an Island, um, the bulk of this wild area is on this one big Island. Um, but there are other kind of small islands that you can go explore. Um, if you want to go find some stuff and, uh, at a, at a point you, you see it, you see in the distance, you're like, is that a whale Lord? And so you just go out and find it and you're like, yeah, that's a whale or just sitting out there and then you can capture it. <laughs> it's how, like, how, how long do people think whale Lord is? I've got the answer here. Don't Google it. Uh, uh, like in what, in what unit of measurement? Feet or meters. Either one. I don't, I'm really bad at it. That. Like how long? Tail to tip. 17 meters. Okay. I'm going to say 75 meters. Ooh, that's a big boy. That's a huge, that'd be a huge whale. 35 meters? Uh, Pat is closest with 17 meters. Mm. We got a 14.5 meter boy here. That's okay. Or girl. Okay. Yeah, but it's, but it, but it is. 47.7 kind of, inches long. But it, it, it is the, forty seven seven. the one time that feet. it feels like everything's really to scale is that you can just see off in the, the distance you're like, Wait, that's a Waylord. Hang on, hang on. Um, the Waylord big as shit. Yeah. And they're just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to throw Waylord out in this little Pokemon gym and like everyone um, would die. I don't know if you've p- played the game, but you throw <laughs> beach ball sized Pokeballs that have like 10 story tall Pokemon all the time. No, no, but I just, yeah, I just go into that what fucking... Is, what I'm saying is, what does Dynamax Whaleord look like? Oh, God. It's real, it's real big. I don't know. Well, I caught that Whaleord, so I'll... <laughs> no. Yeah, you gotta Dynamax that thing and get back to I'll, it. I'll have to find a way, place to Dynamax it. Um, but yeah, but it's... Wasn't there something in the fucking lore where Dynamaxing isn't, like, It's not real. real. It's, like a it's just like a projection. Like, what the fuck is that? Uh, like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I I actually I hadn't actually finished the main campaign um because I got distracted by my 
my poor attempts at shiny hunting um, in Sword. So I finished that, um, and then I've been doing the this DLC. And yeah, I, I I don't know about I don't know what this there's there's lore there about the Dynamaxing, and that's like a whole thing. And I'm like I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not going to pay attention. The to story that. in that game is not particularly good. No, um, uh. no, and it's like I don't always expect it to be for Pokemon, sure. but at the same time, like it's they've had good, sto- better stories before. Yeah. It just kind of ends. Like you, like you <laughs> defeat it, and you're like, oh, yeah. it was all figured out. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I'm, I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm champion now. I guess. Okay. I, wow. Spoilers. Uh, I will say. <laughs> I'm playing it again because it's a perfect exercise bike game. Mm-hmm. And I stopped right before the part that is interesting, at least aesthetically to me, because then I got to the mushroom forest and mm-hmm. it, they should have put the mushroom forest at the start of that game. Cause that place has more personality than the entire region combined to that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and that's the one thing I, t- I think, um, I'd say about the Isle of Armor is that it does have quite a bit of personality, which is that's good, which is good. And it makes me feel like, okay, you're like, you're learning Pokemon. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I think what I realized was that the story is not great. Um, but that aside, my biggest issue with the game was just that it felt like I was like, it felt very generic. Like it felt like it almost felt like I was playing a clone of a Pokemon game. Mm. But there's a clone of a Pokemon game that exists that's quite good yeah. now. So, like, that's, I think, part of the problem is it was like, oh, look, another grassy field. Oh, look, another grassy field. Oh, this time there's some rocks. And but now that I've gotten to the the um the the I did the fairy gym, that was like cool. The forest is really cool. I got to to the castle city, which is more visually interesting than like, yeah. previous city. So I think some I'm, of the I'm gonna finish it. I think yeah, I think some of the like design in in some of those, especially like the later cities, I, I where I was finishing, I was like, this this game looks pretty cool at, at yeah, times. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, really the Isle of Armor it shows what the potential is for the like the wild area concept because it um. One of the things that you've it has you do um, is you're 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 doing this you're at, you're at this dojo right and you're you have to do these trials at the dojo but all of them are the, at least the first two that I've done um, out of three uh, involve doing stuff within the um, wild area like it's like for example like the first trial is like you have to find these. Um, slow poke, but they're fast slow poke for some reason. <laughs> and, and they uh, kind of torpedo into you, don't they? They are. Oh my gosh! You have to like, you have to like, run, and so you have to like find them and then run into them. And then the next one is 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 kind of uh, is finding these um, max mushrooms, and you have to like, and you go, okay, well they're going to be in this cave, so you go find them in this cave, and it's like it's pretty basic stuff. But it feels really much a lot like Pokemon, like kind of is dipping its toes into some of the other kind of quest design that other RPGs might have. And it, it's kind of interesting. Um, so it's it's I mean, I feel like I don't want to be too like I, I feel like I, I want to be very measured about this because on the one hand, it is new for Pokemon. But on the other hand, I'm like. Yeah, that's a lot of other RPGs, though. But it's it's 
it's been pretty cool to check out. And um, I, th- I think, you know, I, I know that there's been a whole lot of discussion uh, about Sword and Shield, like a lot of discourse. But I think that, I do think that Game Freak is genuinely trying to oh, do yeah. interesting I, things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to do new things. So I'm hopefully, um, so I'm, 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 I'm actually really interested in seeing what the second set of DLC is going to be because I think it's supposed to be a lot bigger than the Isle of Armor. That's what I think they said, yeah. Yeah. So, um, two whale lords. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but, but it already feels like, you know, there's a decent, um, like, there's a decent amount to explore. There's, there's new, a lot of new, like, items that you can get um, because of it. I spent all of my money on new clothes for my character because that's what, what you do. <laughs> um, uh, but, but, and then, but it's, it feels very, um, it, it, it feels like it's a good, going to be a good addition, I think, especially once we get the second uh, wave of the DLC. Um, and by the way, Pat, if you're now playing it again, uh, I, I'm going to go back into shiny hunting. So you're going to have to help me with the shield exclusive Pokemon. I don't know how effective I'll be at finding shiny ones, but um, no, you don't need to find the shinies. It's just, I need to have a, I just need to complete my, um, my Pokedex. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Happy, happy to uh, to assist. Cause yeah. Uh Because I briefly had the thought, do I need to buy shield? And then I was like, no, 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 I can't do that. But my, my brain was like, did I? No. So with this in mind, Yes. If you were, let's say, in late 2019, early 2020, and collating a list of the best games from 2019, do you think Pokemon Sword and Shield should be on that list? Uh, I still stand by the fact that everyone's number one game should be on that list, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's not here to defend himself. So. I, I mean, it was, honestly on, it was honestly on my top ten, and I, you know... I don't know if I'd still agree with that, but at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily like, it's not a bad game for sure. It's, um, it's not the best that it can be, but at at the same time, I don't know. It's, 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 I feel like it's hard to quantify because, um, I feel like I have very specific, different expectations for Pokemon than I do other games, which is maybe not fair for Pokemon and or other games. But at the same time, that's kind of where I'm at. So I don't even know. But right. I, I do think that uh, that this DLC is fun, especially if you like the idea of the wild area uh, <clears throat> of the wild area, and you're like, hmm, I don't know about about the way that this is laid out. So, all right. Well, I look forward to our 2022 game of the year, Pokemon Snap. <laughs> New Pokemon Snap. New Pokemon Snap, I'm sorry. I'm so excited. Uh, But in the meantime, speaking of catching monsters and raising them, Pat, you've got something else in the the tank. So my friends and I, we had been playing a ton of Deep Rock Galactic, which is still very good. We also completed some of the endgame content, and the way I am with those games is I'm like, okay, I've seen everything. I haven't done everything 
but I've seen how everything works. So it's less of a game I want to play every day. Um, so because of the fact that Ark Survivor, Survival Evolved uh, came out for free on Epic, I was, earlier this week, I was like, hey, so if I were to purchase an Ark server, would people want to play it? And one of, a year ago, they all would have said absolutely not. But one of my friends has been playing Conan Exiles um, and really enjoying it, which is also which a survival will be game. free next week on Epic. Yeah. No, trust me that yeah um which i believe is overall a better more uh approachable game than arc but also really yes i, I thought uh, i heard that conan game was bad it's not uh, well i mean oh. in the sense that everyone has opinions about survival games right like a lot of people yeah. think the entire genre is trash so if you're one they of those people then present. you will not like you will not like conan exiles um, uh, yeah, I just thought I thought I heard that I, the Conan I I heard game too, was it was very really rough good. when it came out. Mm. Okay, uh, it was in early access. That's all I heard about it. So, and when it was in early access, it was very very rough. Since then, it is um, it it has improved quite a lot. It, it Conan Exiles has a lot of weird shit in it. Like you, instead of raising and taming dinosaurs, you raise and tame people. We'll say, which is uh, ah, problematic. Right. Uh, <laughs> Um, yikes <laughs> it is so anyway um uh fitting with the conan lore let's let's put it that way uh which is a very rough place um uh anyway uh arc survival evolved we after migrating back and forth the epic client for that game is a disaster it can't effectively cross play with steam players even though it advertises to so i made steam server because i play it on steam and then nobody could connect to it. So then I reinstalled the game on Epic and then we all connected to it, but it was bad because of certain client issues and connection issues. So then we remade the server and everybody bought it on steam and the steam sale for $10. Uh, so ultimately we ended up finally playing, um, mission accomplished. Yeah. And it turns out we're having a lot of fun now. Um, we started playing in the game has zones that you spawn in and they get progressively harder, the higher the numbers are. But I had never started in zone three before, which is also listed as an easy zone. So I we started there. You spawn on the beach always as an almost nude uh, um, person. Tane, as an almost nude Tane. They call, the terminology is that you're a naked when you spawn. That's what the, 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 arc, <laughs> That's... the arc community calls you. You call yourself a naked. You're not actually nude like That's... in Rust or in Conan. That's like, um, or like Dark Souls, where you get the, the the depraved. I mean, in Conan, you can. Let's put it this way: Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is not the first game with genital customization. How many but, vaginas does it have? But, uh, the, the, the the name though is just it's like the least yeah, imaginative thing I've heard uh, in a long time. I might need to well, go rewatch that Conan uh, Monster Factory because they yes. have some good fun with that. Uh, that you slider. Can, you can. You can. There are. There is. There is a slider in Conan Exiles for your uh, endowment, for sure. Uh, and it asks you how you feel about nudity. And if you say, give me the nudity, it just takes your loincloth off and it is all there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all watch that, watch that monster factory. Visible. Cause it is very, it's a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we spawn on this beach and, um, early on in arc, it's a nightmare. Basically it's not fun. And that's probably why people think those games suck is because you basically just die over and over and over again and lose all of your items every time you die. 
mm-hmm. you can recover them from your corpse and your corpse stays around even after you die multiple times for like two hours. But it's usually whatever killed you is eating your body. So um, it's hard to go back and recover from your corpse. But after a while, um, we established a beachhead uh, and built started building our homes. Um, once you build beds, it gets a lot easier because you can spawn in the same place, at least, because you can spawn at beds when you die. For those who don't know, Ark Survival Evolved is a stick and rock survival game where you punch trees for wood and then make a hatchet and then whack rocks for smaller rocks. Uh, but what's always been intriguing (laughs) to me about it is I have seen a lot of screenshots that are like, I've tried to start it several times, but I've seen a lot of screenshots that are like, you start naked on a beach punching trees and then you end up in like tier one operator gear with ghillie suits and ar 15s and scopes on them shooting like fantasy dinosaurs and pooping your pants oh yeah you poop a lot too uh so anyway i wanted to see how the progression worked and how you get from point a to point b there so we established this beachhead we're building our homes um two of my friends start building one of them builds a really the one who's been playing conan exiles uh because of the similarities between the games very quickly built a pretty impressive house uh just made out of thatch but it had like the the sloped roofs so it was like actually house shaped and not just a box it was like pretty aesthetically pleasing it looked as good as a house in an rpg um and so then um we ran into some issues with like getting attacked by bugs and stuff huge bugs like the murder hornets um but came out of it okay. Um, we started taming dinosaurs for mounts because taming the dinosaurs is a huge part of Ark. And to tame dinosaurs, you um, you get a pair of bolas and you throw them at the dinosaur so it can't move anywhere. And then you beat it with a club until it's unconscious. And then you force feed it narcotic berries to keep it unconscious while it eats your food and comes to like you. <laughs> Which... <laughs> is a little messed up, but whatever. They're animals, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So we tamed our mounts and started riding around looking for more resources, and we're having a great time. And then um, a brontosaurus, which are... One of the impressive things about this game is the scale is quite cool when you get the the huge dinosaurs. Brontosaurus is being very big, um, much bigger than our houses. Uh, and in fact, they can trample your houses and destroy them. So we were like, well, we got to take out this brontosaurus. So everyone got their bow and arrows out and started shooting arrows at this brontosaurus, and it started to run away, and it ran directly into uh, a prime alpha prime raptor, which is a particularly vicious and violent raptor. Um, Clever girl. Yeah, so we killed the brontosaurus, and then the raptor started eating it, this is about 200 feet from our houses. And after it got done eating the brontosaurus, uh, it came and killed all of our mounts, um, killed us, literally spawn camped us and continued to kill us over and over again. And then started destroying and demolishing our entire base that we had started constructing. Incredibly clever. <laughs> At which point I thought everyone was going to quit because it was like a whole evening of work kind of lost. But when you die in that game, you don't lose your experience points. So your your learned crafting stuff and your stats don't go away. So we respawned in another spot and um, now have a pretty awesome fort on top of a hill that uh, is safely off the beach and not in an area where raptors spawn. Um, And 
uh, we've started um, mating, breeding dinosaurs, which is fun. Uh, my friend bred and incubated a parasaur, which is the dinosaur we're using did, for mounts. Did you say my friend bred? No. Well, he yeah, he I bred. Mean, I'm, I'm friends oh, with bred too. I, I thought you did. <laughs> my friend, okay, friend I performed the act of. My friend, my friend. I thought you were identifying your your friend as named Bread. No, no, my no, friend no. Bread did this I thing. Won't, I won't. Okay. I won't dox any of my friends who are playing with me. But animal um, wifery. One one of my friends um, managed to make uh, two of uh, their dinosaurs um, do the do the dirty dance and and create an egg, um, and then incubated it. And then the tiny he named the dinosaur. Um, little dude, and then it walked outside into a campfire and died immediately. <laughs> and it was very funny, and we all Rip. just kind of watched it happen. <laughs> um, we got to keep him on a short leash. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's those ga- that game now is making sense as as like why people like it because we spent like five hours last night in a Discord call, just like. Somebody said, oh, I see a brontosaurus. Do you want to come and help me? And then we would go out and everybody would go around it and take it down. And it would mean we had another 200 hide that we could use to make armor for everyone and stuff. And one of my friends started learning how irrigation works and is making it so that we don't have to go down to the water every time we need to refill water skins. Um, He's also learning how to do farming, which is using our human feces for fertilizer in. But that's another uh whole nother thing just, just like um, matt damon and the martian exactly just like <laughs> matt damon and the martian uh i'm trying to start exploring the jungle to find like there's a bunch of like narrative stuff in that game if you go looking for it um so i'm kind of exploring the jungle to try to find some of that stuff uh i also tamed a pteranodon so now i can fly which is pretty cool um and uh, and I think we're going to play it for a while. It's it's making sense now as to how people enjoy those games. And we're we're just playing on a private server with PVE. Um, what I'm enjoying about playing it in that way is it also kind of makes us all like our own dungeon masters because we can tweak settings. So like it, the nighttime kind of sucks because it's long and pitch dark. It's cool visually, but it also means you can't really get much done at night. So I just sped it up so that night goes by twice as fast as daytime. Um, things like that. You can tweak. You can tweak the difficulty level. You can tweak how f- at the base game's default settings, you have to eat food like every 10 minutes of real time or you'll starve. So I just backed it off. So you only have to eat like once every hour or so. Um, so having like the ability to change all those settings is kind of cool. It's kind of like running your own private MMO server because um, you can change how things go with the right group of friends it's it's a lot of fun because you can you can like we all agree that we still want it to be a game and not just cheat our way through it but we can tweak the settings so that it's less painful uh from like a structure decay and hunger and stats perspective um so yeah if you got it for free on epic give it a try if you have some friends to play with uh i don't think that game would be very fun to play single player so I wouldn't bother. <laughs> That's where you're at. Well, you've just guaranteed I won't play it. Stick and rock game, need friends. No thank you. Yeah, I think that 
playing with I could see I don't think this group will want to do this. I could see it being enjoyable to say, hey, we're going to start our own little like five person community mm-hmm. on an official server um, yeah. with other people. That could be Conan has a really cool thing, uh, server type called PVE conflict where and I think that Arc has this too in in some way where it's PVE like 90% of the time. And then there's like a day where you can do PVP. So you don't actually have to constantly defend your stuff from other players, mm-hmm. but then, but like once a week you have to jump on for the evening and like be prepared to fight. Um, I could see that being fun to, to, to go into an official server where there's like another 40 people playing somewhere. Um, but it's really nice that like the place we built our base is like the perfect place to do that. And there's no way if we went on any kind of, official server that that area would be available to build in so um it it's it's nice playing with a, with a small group of friends and the server is only like 12 bucks a month to maintain for 10 people so it's not not terrible if everyone's chipping in all right well from dinosaurs to from the past to, to the future Alex, what did you what did you bring this Technically, week? Technically, Ark is like way in the future. It's like it's not. There's like tech raptors and metal tech metal raptor. Thing. A tech raptor is like a Horizon dinosaur. S- Silicon Valley is out of control. My friend actually tamed a Horizon dinosaur, a tech a tech parasaur, and then it died, and he was upset. <laughs> um. Hi. Hi. Did we want to talk about the game that you and I have finished, or do we want to talk about something else? We, we can talk about what anything you want. That's uh, that's the only game I played this week. Uh, but if you want to talk about something else first, that's up to you. Yeah, I played. A, I finished a bunch of games. I don't think they're worth having a full conversation about right now. Uh, I think I'd be more interested in having a Last of Us Two conversation, which is the one that Andre sure. and I both finished. But um, I'll say really quick, just kind of rapid fire mode. Uh, I finished a couple runs of Monster Train. Game's pretty cool. Um, So it's good. Uh, I don't know if I'll finish many more because I was like, yeah, I get it. This is good. Uh, It kind of hits the same feelings I had with Solitarica, even though I I kind of, I think I 100%ed Solitarica because I really liked it. Um, But this one is a, it's almost a bit more simple, I guess. Like it's very easy to get. Finished a run. Like I think I finished a run after my third playthrough or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, play it. It's good. Um, I finished you and me and her, which is definitely worth a conversation at some point. It's like me, myself, and Irene game. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's a vi- it's a visual novel that's really interesting. Um, in how it breaks the fourth wall, but not in a shitty way. Like that's all I'll really say about it without being spoilery. Mm-hmm. Cause like it does it in kind of a clever way that makes sense within its, its own lore, which is feels weird, but yeah, again, it's good. Um, I don't know if I'd as easily recommend it as I do monster train, uh, but we can have a full conversation about it another, another time. Uh, I have been playing a, well, I don't know if it's a Switch game, but I've been playing on Switch a game called Evan's Remains. I don't know if any of y'all have heard of that. Is this like a sequel to What Remains of Edith Finch? <laughs> no, sadly not. It's like a All side-scrolling. Right. Gaming Fix's favorite game. 
Yeah, it is. Everyone loves it. Um, it's like the side scrolling. It. <laughs> it's it's a platformer, but story game. It's mm. largely like um, you're doing these puzzles that are platform based that have all these mechanics ascribed to each of them. Where like you jump on this platform and it disappears after you jump off of it, and then you push this switch which pulls some of them in and out and stuff like that. And there's warp warp plates, so it's very much just a puzzle game uh, where your interaction is jumping. And then it has story bits uh, in, like in between these puzzles, and the story is interesting. I'm probably about an hour in. I don't know how long it is. Uh, it goes in weird directions where you're like, "Oh, I thought this was just kind of a mystery game, but it turns out this is set really fucking far in the future because they're using like portals and stuff like in the in their actual story, and it, it gets weird. But it's been interesting so far. Um, and the last one to rapid fire through is Terraria. So, speaking of games where you can just set up a server with some friends and just kind of yeah. fuck around for a handful of hours, Terraria is great for that. Yeah. Um, I had never really touched it before. It's I've had it for years, probably like five years, uh, but this was the first time I really sat down and just played it with some friends, and it's cool. Like going down and exploring the caves and running into random events and. Finding out that, like, oh, now it's raining slimes from the sky. Go back to your home because there's a shit ton of slimes there. Or, um, like, the bosses that you run into, like when we ran into Skeletron or something like that, or Skeletron, maybe? I can't remember, but it's this massive skeleton where if you go too far, it just spawns like 20 skeleton heads and kills you immediately. I think. That's the thing with those games to a degree is like you just unless you like spoil everything for yourself from like watching or reading a wiki, you just don't know what's going to be down there in Terraria or out there in something like Ark, which is it's cool. It's a, that, it's that's a fun feeling. time when you don't know what's hap- going to happen. It, yeah. yeah, especially when it's with friends. Yeah, and I was really enjoying that aspect of it, but I think I've almost fallen off of Terraria because we we got to, uh, to the hard mode part where it's like you beat this very specific boss uh, that you have to spawn in a very specific way, and then from then on everything gets way harder. And now I'm just like, this is less casual and less fun. So yeah, <laughs> I think that's yeah, yeah. So to, certainly to a degree, I think if like we had stayed in that first area I described in Ark where there's just fucking raptors everywhere, um, <laughs> that wouldn't have been fun because it would have just been dying all the time. It's only because we found an area that's like relatively peaceful that we're able to enjoy it because now it's like we have a place to strike out from. But if the whole world is harder in Terraria in that hard mode, then it makes it probably less appealing. <laughs> Yeah, like it's still cool, and the sense of discovery yeah. is awesome because now there's like really aggressive unicorns, which is funny. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, like it's just less like every time you're going out, even with pretty decent gear, you're like very much at threat of dying. Though I am also riding on a flamingo, so that's which is cool. pretty great. Is it like joust? It's, it's kind of like joust, yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I Anyways, like joust a lot. Yeah, Terraria is really good. If mm-hmm. if you have it, play it with some friends. It's 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 a good time. The one thing I will circle back to is um, I haven't played Evans Remains, but I I just pulled it up and that sprite work is so good looking. 
Oh, it's extremely gorgeous. Yeah, like it is beautiful. It's really, really pretty, and the story it's telling is pretty interesting. Um, I I haven't finished it, so I can't comment on the story overall. But it has been really interesting so far, and I'm inclined to finish it. Yeah, I just needed to call that out because I I pulled it up, and I was just like, okay, I might need to play it just so that I can look at that some more of that sprite work because it's beautiful. Oh yeah, it is gorgeous. Yeah, there's a bit of a fez thing going on. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Kind of like the high the fidelity, art, the high, high fidelity art. pixel art for the environments. Yeah, like yeah, I can agree with that too. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, I'll we'll come back to that when I finish it probably. And but for now, I think we need to talk about the Last of Us Part Two. No, spoiler free for those yeah, listening. Um, yeah, uh, we that's won't something ruin the experience for any of you. Yeah, the, the game is still way too new and fresh to dive into spoilers. Like I think. We need to keep it spoiler free for now. I have not yeah. finished it yet, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Andre, you and I yeah. have both finished it. Pat, you're yeah a handful of hours in, ten hours or something. You said 10 hours right? In, yeah. So, yep. having finished it, I have a lot of thoughts, um, and I've written down notes this time. I don't usually take that many notes. Uh, but knowing that we didn't want to talk about spoilers, I want to at least have things we can talk about which don't require talking about the explicit details of the story. <laughs> sure. Um, one thing that I think I, I think it might be the most accessible game ever made, maybe because like it has um, so it has many, a lot of accessibility options. It ha- the- it has options for one-handed gaming. So, like, you can customize the controls as much as you want. It has tons of options for visually impaired gamers, like high contrast modes and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of options for deaf gamers. Uh, it has super granular control over difficulty. So, like, hey, do you want easier stealth? Here you go, have easier stealth. Or, you know, you want easier stealth, but you also want harder combat once you get into it? You can do that. Do you want your partner that's with you to be really aggressive? While stealth is really easy, but combat is really hard, sure, you can do that too. Like, you can change up the game as much as suits you, which I think is just, I don't know if I've ever seen a game go quite as far as they do. What, what I will add as an addendum, because I learned about this recently, is um, it, it is uh, the only reason it is definitely not the most successful game ever is because it is a PlayStation exclusive. Um, there are mm. uh, a lot of folks who need third-party software to use um, con- alternative controllers, and the PlayStation does not support that. So um, certain things like um, breath-based controllers and um, and controllers that you use with your feet aren't usable uh, on PlayStation in the same way. There's some support for them, but in the same way as they can be on PC. So less. Ar- I'm certainly not arguing because the accessibility options are incredible in this game, but it is an interesting thing to think about for anyone who has kind of like heard about uh, the accessibility features. You think... you can use. There is a way to use the Xbox ex- uh, accessibility the, controller. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, adapt- adaptive these, controller. These are right, multiple accessibility need... advocates who need them, and I definitely yeah. don't right. think they're missing anything. Right uh, and. Mm-hmm. And to step back, I think the platform, because the platform not having that available is definitely a factor, but I think the game itself and everything sure, it sure, has sure. implemented is possibly the most accessible game. Right. I, th- I even think if there's the definitely isn't. more that could be done, but at the same time, I think it's worthwhile to um, uh, highlight it, just. It, it does more totally than just agreed. about every game out there. 
Yeah, totally. Like Agreed. It, yeah. It, you can tell it was a very they spent a lot of time and probably a lot of time with accessibility minded folks to get that stuff right. And I think that's something that should be applauded. And hopefully other yeah. studios can take a page out of that book because yeah. it's good. Uh, I turned some of them on just to see what they were like um, and just to experience it that way. And it was great. It was very cool. So, yeah. Um, but for the game itself, when it comes to the gameplay, I got to say, um, well, let's step back. So we all played The Last of Us 1, right? Except for Allison, you didn't finish it. Did I, I played like part of it, but I didn't finish it. Yeah. So like for me, I did not like playing at least the first half of that game at all. And then the only time I really liked it is when you got the bow. Which it's very like heavy kind of yeah. like the way it moves. Um, yeah, I, I know that I didn't really particularly like it, and I think that's part of why I dropped off. Um yeah. It felt pretty clunky, like, yeah. um, like the bow. At least when you got that, it gave you more options to treat it like a stealth game, even if it wasn't the best yes. stealth game, uh, which is what made me enjoy it more. And then start experimenting with things like, yeah, throwing brick over here, using bow over there, and like you know, getting around people and stuff. And that's when I started enjoying it. Um, the Last of Us Two is better. In my opinion, but I think it also doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah, <laughs> like it, sometimes it moves much quicker than that first game. Yeah, like you can really move through those levels. Yeah, like but sometimes it wants to be a stealth game, and like it it's it wants it encourage you encourages you to like you know sneak around and get behind people and like it gives you a full kind of uh, skill tree that you can do for stealth. And all this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be doing the stealth. But as someone who likes stealth games, it isn't a very good one. <laughs> um, just straight up as a stealth game. Like, what, I can you give an example of a good stealth game? I really liked Mark of the Ninja. Hitman okay. Two. Hit, Hitman Two is okay. Hitman, Hitman One. See, what's interesting is I've, uh, I Metal Gear Solid Five. I haven't played MGS Five yet, but I've really enjoyed the stealth in Last of Us, and I really enjoy the stealth in Hitman, and I hated Mark of the Ninja. It's interesting. <laughs> Which is yeah, really that is interesting. Yeah, I couldn't get into Mark of the Ninja at all. I think it was the huh. 3D plane, so I, I don't think it's anything against like the craft in that game. But that's why yeah. I was curious because. I think I think it might just be different preferences in what stealth, like the having all the information in Marker the Ninja did not make me enjoy it more. Mm. I think that's fair. Maybe mm. what it came down to. But but for me, like when I reflect on The Last of Us One and why I ended up kind of liking it as a stealth game is because your encounters that you were having even late game were like with like five or six dudes, maybe like mm-hmm. pretty small encounters overall. But in this one. There's some where you're going through like literally forty or fifty people, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like it, it as soon as became, one of as soon as one of them like aggros yeah. or like finds you, then all of a sudden everything gets super fucked. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you can lose their um, like you know get lost and uh, hide in some more bushes and kind of reenter yeah. stealth, but it's, it's it's such a pain in the ass because they're. You, I don't know what difficulty you played on, but it always felt like I could, I was playing on like the second hardest. Uh, You could always like, it felt like I was always getting caught uh, whenever I get like one or two stealth kills be like, Oh, there was a person 
like 30 yards away who was looking at me, but I couldn't see because even on my 55 yeah. inch TV, I'm like, what? The, oh, you're, there's a person over there. Damn. They saw yeah. me. I kind of wish they would have incorporated the uncharted Four, like as much as I understand why they didn't, but like the kind of like diamond that shows up over their heads, so you know, at least who's looking at you, something like that mm-hmm. could have been nice, but but yeah, that's it. Like, like they have the audio cue. Yeah, uh, but you don't know where seen. you don't know who it's from, though. Like you were saying, like no, if you don't know but, it's that tiny person, like it would be nice to know it's that person that's seeing you. Um, but but sometimes it's just they walk like they like you start your stealth or you start your like stealth kill, and then that person happens to be turning around. You're like, oh shit, I'm in the middle of this animation. Like, <laughs> yeah. please finish the kill. Yeah, like that. That was fine. There was kind of some risk reward there, I think. Yeah. And and you're right, like. Once you are discovered, you can get back to stealthing relatively, uh, relatively. Like sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but like there was a point where I was feeling pretty good about the stealth in this game, and I was like, okay, I can just be really patient. I can wait. I can watch what's happening. I can take out very strategic people that won't be found later. And then they introduced the fucking dogs <laughs> and the stalkers, uh-huh. and it's like, okay, now I can't be patient anymore because they force you to be an active participant. Yeah. And it's like, well. There- now it's forcing you to be an action game. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it's also not a very good action game. <laughs> I don't know if I agree that it forces you to be an action game. I think it just forces you to play the stealth differently. I mean, maybe that changes later on, but I've I've encountered uh, I've had a few does. encounters with dogs. I and I encountered some spots where there was like no way like there was too many people for me to do anything stealthily, like it was basically like I can run through here and have everyone shoot at me, or I can get in a massive shootout. But there's no way I'm stealthing through this it entire. Sounds section. like it just gets worse from an encounter design perspective. Really, yeah. It, it, uh, I don't know if "worse" is the right word, but definitely, it wants you to think it's a stealth game, but it's not. And I don't know if that's a bad thing per se. It, it it's, gives that's you, just that's what I mean by it. it seems confused. Like it doesn't know what it wants to yeah. be. The the first half definitely gives you way more tools for that. Exactly. Oh, the second half. The second half gives it gives you fewer tools. The the second half wants to be an action game. Like it. Yeah. uh, I won't say what it does, but let's just say the arsenal it gives you is much more action oriented. Yeah. Um, and like if and when stealth fails and you're forced into combat, I would say the action is serviceable. I wouldn't say it's worth writing home about, but like. There was some forced combat sequences which were straight up bad. I think I wrote to you, Andre, about that one encounter mm-hmm. was like this one was just bad. <laughs> there there is a combat arena with some yeah. infected that's not great. Where where you're forced like there's no way around it. You have to. And it's that part was kind of uh, It's just survive for like three minutes or something. <laughs> In every way, I'm very interested to play the second half because in every way it seems like this game should have been the first 15 hours and then just done. Just done. I just totally disagree. Up. Totally disagree. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, so I, I have. I'm I, leveling all these criticisms because that's the only thing I really want to criticize. Because uh, uh, yeah, because like overall, the moment to moment gameplay feels like even with all those criticisms, I would say at the very least it feels competent all the yeah. time. Like just just that moment to moment gameplay. Um, but like, in spite of all of that, kind of just being okay, it makes up for it in so many more ways that it turns it into an exceptional game. Like, uh, I, I came away with it thinking, yeah, this game is probably my game of the year, unless something pretty crazy happens. Because, like, the set pieces in this are fucking nuts. Like, Naughty Dog is known for their set pieces, but I would say this is this far surpasses any of the ones they've done in the past. 
Um, the audio design is impeccable. Like the visuals are insanely pretty, even on my base launch PS4. Uh, and ultimately, what's most important to me is that the writing overall is pretty much second to none. Like both for the overall story and the quieter kind of character moments where you're walking around and talking and interacting and stuff. I would have liked them to have maybe divvied up the story differently uh, than they did. Mm. Um, then we don't want to get into spoilers, so I won't say what exactly I mean by that, but sure. maybe next week we'll do a spoiler cast. But I think the way they did it made me not like the second half very much, just in terms of like, I this is not what I want to be doing right now. This is, I don't care about this. Um, so if they had like uh, divvied this up differently, I think I would have enjoyed or, you know, been more into the way they presented the story. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, oh, sorry. Go for it, Pat. Let's say so far I found the, um, there are certain moments that are really, 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 have been really strong for me. I think in the first 10 hours, I would say the writing is like a very good prestige TV show in the sense that I think it's very well done. There are still moments where I'm kind of like, that felt a little forced and like, they needed to shoehorn in this thing. And so there have been times when I've kind of like, <laughs> it's no disco Elysium for me, I'll put it that way in terms of like moment to moment writing and dialogue. Oh, prestige but, TV. You say, I know, I know that's <laughs> funny, but I also think like it's certainly so far, I'm very intrigued to see where the story goes. Cause I think it is well crafted and the performances are, uh, a, a, a set a very high bar for any game that's going to do um, like performance capture type oh, totally. uh, characters and story for sure. Um, yeah. I think that they elevate what is a very good, I don't want to, I don't want to tear it down, but very, a, a, a very good script elevated to pretty high levels based on like the performances so far mm-hmm. uh, being pretty top notch. Yeah. And I will place myself in stark contrast to Andre and say that I think the second half was fucking genius. <laughs> like I actually love uh, it. Um, like from I, the moment I it didn't. Uh, I didn't. I basically the way they have div- divvied up basically into a first half and a second half. I didn't is what I didn't like. If they had been more intermixed, uh, oh, I can see that. I would sure. have preferred that. Like as a, as a presentation, I can I can understand that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I like the way they did it. I think it's really interesting. And again, we're going to be dancing around spoilers until we can actually yeah. talk about them explicitly. I think I know um, the thing that happens. That I don't know the story events, but I think I know what the second half y- yeah. does. And that it, that it, you're talking about, and it should be worth saying. Like the the I think I brought this up last week when talking about the thing that happens at the end of the first chapter, which kind of sets off the whole story. Um, yeah, that being a story choice that I think was bold and like is exactly the kind of thing I wish most studios would do, and the fact that they went for it and went for it so hard was like awesome. And I will say they can they keep that up for the rest of the game, yeah. which is which is really awesome, which is fantastic. Um, and I think they were a hundred percent in correct in naming it the Last of Us Part Two. Because, like, I think that's a big distinction to make from calling it The Last of Us 2, because it is very much part two. It's, 
if you consider the first game to be like an active setup for a story, then we can consider part two to be the response, like two halves of a whole, right? Like sure. the first part is the action, and then part two is the reaction. And sure. Uh, what's up, Andre? Oh no, I've uh, I, you know, I I can't say too much without getting into spoilers. <laughs> I've I've talked to you like about how like if I had my way, this game wouldn't have happened. And like we've talked about oh, the sure. end of. Well, the, I mean, the Last we can. I, th- I think we can talk about the end of the Last of Us One at this point. Yeah. It's been years, yeah. and they. Yeah. Like, and I think it. This game does improve on the stuff that I take issue with because at the end of the Last of Us, they you have to kill a doctor. Basically, that is like the last gameplay moment. Basically, you do some running after that, but the last like action you take is kill this doctor who is going to perform the operation on Ellie that would remove her brain and allow them to create a vaccine supposedly if they were able to actually do it. Yeah. There's no guarantee that would work, but, um, it's a possibility if they, and they make the, the game makes you pull the trigger. Um, and many people, uh, attempted to not do that. You mm-hmm. know, like, okay, can yeah. I walk myself around? Can myself I, included. Yeah. Uh, I think I walked into that room with no bullets anyway, like, but they give you bullets in the gun. Um, yeah. but, you have to kill the doctor. Uh, there's no way around it. Like no matter what you could shoot him in the leg and like he dies, um, which I feel think is kind of shitty. You can walk right up to him and he just like holds the scalpel out. He doesn't actually try to attack you. If they had just changed that one thing, if he would like swipe at you with the, the scalpel a bit, okay, that, that's fine. He, he attacked me. Now I can uh, shoot at him. But I, I think that was like, if you're going to give me control of it, let me get out of it in a different way. And we've talked about maybe privately about how there's no choice in that game up to that point. Why would they suddenly present one at the end? Mm-hmm. But it feels like a false choice uh, or it's, there is no choice uh, and it's Joel's story. So I would just prefer if they didn't make it like a that kind of gameplay moment. Sure. Whereas like, Last like of Us 2... Yeah, like quick time event or something like that, mm-hmm. um, where there's no there's no other choice. And I think Last of Us Two does some good part two does some g- good similar sequences that don't feel like false choices. But there are also some moments that are not story related, where you'll be like finishing off a combat encounter and there'll be like one dude or one woman left and the big, Oh no, please don't kill me. Just let, let me live. And one time I was like, okay, you know what? I, you, this was a misunderstanding. I didn't <laughs> want to kill all your friends. You came at me. Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna let you live. I'm gonna let you finish. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back over to this workbench. And then the dudes like start shooting at me again. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I gave you a chance. Uh, and so there's no choice there either, even think, though they're like, Oh, spare me. But then they make it so you can't spare them because they're going to kill you. I think it's an interesting conversation because to me, having just played last of us part one, um, yeah. having not liked it back then and liked it considerably more this time through, I didn't even stop to think I just shot the doctor. I walked in the room and shot the doctor. As soon as you mm-hmm. grabbed a scalpel, you're an animal. Well, I think it's because that game does a very good job. And so far in part two, I feel the same way 
the game does a very good job of putting you in Joel's headspace yeah. um, in the first game. And if I look at that situation objectively, does it make sense to sacrifice the, the life of one 14 year old girl to say potentially create a vaccine that can save humanity from this virus? The answer is of course it makes objective sense to do that from Joel's perspective. I had zero problems with like going through the act of killing all those fireflies and shooting the doctor at the end and getting Allie out. Um, yeah. Like, because I think it does such a good job of making you feel like you understand his motives. Now, I think that's bad game design <laughs> um, because yeah, but, you're doing the thing you could have made a movie. And I don't mm-hmm. think that it adds to the experience to give you control of that moment, given that there is no choice. Um, so I don't I do think it's worthy of criticism. But at the same time, playing through it myself, I was like it felt like I was watching a movie because I understood what Joel was doing and I Mm -hmm. was complicit in it without having a problem with that, I guess, Mm -hmm. because of the way it put me in that space. Yeah. And I know what you mean by what you're going for Andre as well. Cause it's like, Oh, they took the time to give this person the logic to say, Oh, I give up. Let me live. And you're like, okay, I'm going to let you live. And then they just, they don't run away and disappear. They don't do anything like that. They just yeah. They just come back at you, and it's like, well, and there was never a choice. So it, I, I get that. Yeah, and it ended up making some of like the mid-game stuff, like there's a particular line, start to ring kind of hollow uh, with like the writing from what what they were trying to say, where like the gameplay mechanics don't match up to what the story is trying to say, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like a little. Mm, I think I I still I enjoyed this game, but uh, I it turned on the critical part of my brain in a way that I felt feel like games haven't in a while. So that that's it's like a good feeling to have stuff to talk about with this. I think of a similar note to what I was saying about being in Joel's headspace. What I've enjoyed about the game enjoyed is a weird word, but what I have appreciated (laughs) about the gameplay in part two is. Um, my favorite gameplay sequence thus far has been a um, a sequence where you are choosing words carefully. You are it's in hard. a sort of <laughs> neighborhood environment and there's about, I think it's around 20 enemies. Um, several of them have dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is, um, there's like a, a few houses you can go into a couple of them are two story and um, it's not really an important story moment. It's, it's just sort of a, an encounter you go through to get to the next story beat. But what I really enjoyed about it is it was the first time that they combined dogs and humans and a really lush environment sort of together at once on a semi larger scale than they had done before. It wasn't just one street. It's like, a few houses and their yards and the streets around them. Mm-hmm. And so I very systematically, my strategy was arrow hit, hit someone with an arrow, like dog patrols, kill the, the human with an arrow and then quickly kill the dog with an arrow um, or other stealth way of dealing with them. Um, and then starting with those, taking all of them out and then moving to start taking out the people and uh, that are by themselves. And then eventually it broke bad after I had gotten rid of about half of them. And then I had a shootout with the other half. And what was effective to me is that game is um, it does what people talked about modern warfare last year doing in a way that modern warfare 
I ended up coming to really, really, really like Modern Warfare. It's become one of my favorite multiplayer shooters ever. Um, but I don't think that the campaign does this thing as effectively as people talked about it doing, totally. which is yeah. when you fire a gun in The Last of Us, if you have headphones on and you have the volume up, it feels like you are committing an act of violence. It is loud. Mm-hmm. The gun kicks. There is significant like blood and gore in a way that is um, not fun or happy or like satisfying, but it does feel the fidelity is impressive in a way that I think games haven't done that much. So the point I'm going to make is doing all that, taking out all those people. It's not that it feels just, it felt to me just video gamey. Like I'm going through the stealth environment, like I'm playing Assassin's Creed. It felt like I was doing violence to these people, but because I was in Ellie's head in the way that I was, I was like, we're not thinking of them as people. We're dehumanizing them. We're eliminating them. They're a barrier. We have to keep moving forward. And so Mm. that's why it's like, yes, I can shoot the dog. Yes, I can slice these people's throats because yes, I can fire this weapon at people because in my head, they are not people right now. And I think the game does a good job of trying to make them people and then also making you get psychologically in a position where you feel comfortable murdering them as, as I mean, cause like they all have names, for example, you kill someone yeah. and the other people will be like, Charlotte, where are you? What are you doing? Um, the, and I think that stuff is very effective. It's definitely disturbing, but I, I appreciate, I've appreciated it a lot. Something about the named characters. At first I was like, oh, this seems kind of like it was like randomly generated or something like it was kind of arbitrary, but it's actually completely consistent by the way, like all these named characters, um, without spoilers, um, near the end of the first half, I killed a dog, uh, and a person named the dog. Yeah. And I found out in the second half that the name of that dog was consistent with a dog that was in there. And I was like, Oh shit, that was actually the same one. And like, yeah, yeah, they, they like, named every single NPC. Yes. Yeah, and where and they are certain. and what they're doing and like yeah, it's yeah. that's pretty nuts. Like that's yeah. a level of detail that's kind of crazy. Um And I think it's effective. I also <laughs> think it's it's still sort of stabbing at that how much does this need to be a game? Like it's still a it's 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 an interesting conversation that this game is raising about cinematic type games like this, like I would never say that they shouldn't exist, but it's like, are we really getting something out of them that we can't get from watching a film? And I don't know what the Mm. answer is for me yet with how last of us part two plays out. I would say the first one could have been a three and a half hour long movie. And I probably would have had a pretty similar emotional reaction to it. Not to say that I don't think it's good, but I don't know that the gameplay parts of it really had the lasting effect. Uh, I think the, (laughs) <laughs> um, I think the very last sequence would not have been as impactful had it not been a game. You mean in the first game? No, in this game. Sure. Okay. Which so you have, yeah, which you have not gotten to. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm interested to see that where, where you are forced to take some actions where I was like, fuck, I don't want to do that, but I have to, and I know I have to, and I know this character has to. But yeah. God, do I not want to? And I think that wouldn't have been as effective if you were just watching it. So I think in sure. that sense, yeah. Uh, 
maybe. I, I don't. I don't know if I like. I don't know if I agree with you 100 percent on like. Oh, watching it wouldn't have been the same. I, I uh, think it was a well executed point to Kojima's motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> and I think I know what happens. Most, I'll, well, I'll get there. The most, we'll get there. If it is, it is what is I the think most it is, Kojima ass. If it is what I think like, it is, fight I, I I've ever seen outside be, of a Kojima game. If it is what I think it is, it'll probably I'll probably be pretty disappointed. But I don't know. For sure. So I'll 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 hold judgment until mm-hmm. I get there. Uh, one thing that disappointed me was I felt like this was like a specific instance, uh, kind of in the early part of the second half. There, uh, it was a part with infected, um, and so I was like in this alley and I'm like, Oh, can I get in this building? And I broke a window and I hear like some screams. I'm like, Oh, okay. There's infected around, but it's not none out here. None, none coming around. But I try and listen. Okay. Nothing. Just, just heard a scream. No infected sounds. Then I like go up some stairs. I'm like, Oh, there are clickers here. I guess they didn't, they didn't care about the smashing and come running. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to, I'm going to wait for them to like turn around so then I can walk up and stab them. But then they like saw me, quote unquote, saw me, even though I wasn't moving or making any noise. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It's not right. It's not what clickers do. They're supposed to hear you and then the, come yeah, at you. Yeah, the uh, they, they can. Sometimes. They, they can though. Um, their echolocation can find you even uh, if you're slightly mm. not covered by cover. Mm. Which it, I had not experienced that. So I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But then, uh, so I'm like, okay, well, I got to get out of here. And I run outside and you have to jump like across a balcony. And they're like, okay, there's no railings on this balcony. So why didn't the clickers come down and get me when I broke that glass? Uh, obviously, like something heard me. And then I dropped down in that, into the building where I broke the glass. And then there were a bunch of infected. I'm like, I, I couldn't hear you before. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> even though you were upset about me breaking that glass. So it just felt a little immersion breaking at that point. Uh, I think some of like the hearing stuff didn't work for me always. Like I, there are a lot of instances where you can't hear like silent enemies, but a lot of, or like if they're too far away and stuff like that. But some of, some of the stuff was like, I, mm, I don't know about this one. I should have been able to hear that. I broke the game a few times, which was funny. <laughs> okay. How'd you break um, it? Because I actively didn't like the combat, I would try and run past it as much as possible if I got discovered, okay. um, mm-hmm. rather than engaging. Because I was just like, I don't want to spend twenty minutes on this engagement if I can run through it in one. So, yeah. uh, in a section near the end, I got I just ran past this encounter and ran into another part of this building uh, where there was probably five to ten people waiting. And for some reason, I think they were supposed to aggro on me, but they didn't. And I was hidden oh. in a way where I could see them all just kind of idle animating, standing there. And if I went into listen mode, I couldn't see them at all. Even though I could oh. clearly stand, see them standing probably yeah. within about five meters ahead of me. And they were all idle animating, waiting to attack. And I was like, what do I, what do I, di- I broke, I'm, hmm. <laughs> what happens now? And so, like, yeah, it doesn't always hold up 100% of the time, but it holds up often enough. You gave them a fate worse than death. (laughs) Idling forever. (laughs) At least they weren't T posing. Um, But it's still a game. There's still some points where it'll break. But I think the experience is good to great 99% of the time, to where it's like that 1% of the time, it's like, whatever, that's fine. That that happens. Anyways, um, Uh, I, I don't. 
we probably don't need to go on about it much longer because we've been going for a long time. But I think overall, yeah. at the end, I think it feels like a natural way to end the series. Maybe like I, I feel like hope. I feel like a part three would just feel kind of unnecessary and maybe a bit insincere with how they wrap things up. Based on mm-hmm. the sales numbers, I, I, I mean, bet you there will be more. <laughs> I don't know they, how they 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 could like they could easily do a third one. I'm not going to say how, but yeah, like, I can there, see there's ways. a way forward. Yeah, uh, I I don't want them to. Uh, you know, I didn't want them to make a Last of Us two just because I you know I felt pretty good about that first game and how it ended. Uh, I would I will say this game does not make me feel bad about uh like the last of us one or like oh this shouldn't exist but you i know, think what, I, what if they had made like a new thing i think it makes the first one with better much love in uh, some ways yeah. oh yeah i'm i'm still frustrated about the end and like the way they the story i'm like this didn't have to go down like this yeah, but for the story, I tried to stop it. For the yeah. story they wanted, the story to tell. they told. Yeah, yeah, I think the story they told. I think part two makes the original a little better. Anyways, I think we'll probably. I think they'll. If if I don't know, after Uncharted two, I thought they shouldn't make another Uncharted game, and then they made Uncharted three, and it was good. At the end of Uncharted three, I was like, well, this has got to be the end, right? They can't make another one of these. It's ended pretty well, and I haven't played four. Because oh, oh, it's good. Four's good. I've yeah, heard it. I'm I, going to play it after I play part Last of Us. I'm going to play four. We have four. So, um, yeah. and and I've heard it's very good and the best in the series. Yeah. So, I would imagine that they will find if they do decide to make another Last of Us, they will find a way to make to justify it narratively and and emotionally. Yeah. Oh, um, I think the narrative justifier like the, there is an easy way to make a third game here. Mm-hmm. There are multiple ways to make a third game. Uh, I just, I think maybe it's best left up to the imagination. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sure you're right. <laughs> and and for what it's worth, Pat, I've been on record on this podcast as saying I don't like Uncharted as a series, um, but Uncharted Four is very good. I kind of I have very weird and complicated feelings about Uncharted as a series. The premise of Uncharted as a series is garbage. But, but <laughs> I, I like Indiana Jones. I love Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. It's fun. Uh, it's, I love Indiana Jones, and Indiana Jones is also problematic. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, <laughs> uh, that's, it's real bad. And so that's where some of my Uncharted feelings lie. So, yeah. But that's a whole other discussion. I'll play Uncharted uh, 4, and we can talk about that. In At least in Uncharted One, you get, I think you kill some like Nazi zombies. You do, yes, you Maybe. do. Yeah, Allison. Yes, yeah. You have been subjected to this conversation, which you don't particularly care about. How do you feel about Uncharted One through Four? Uh, I have only played like a little bit of Uncharted Bandicoot? One, but I haven't played any of the others. I just didn't really like. I did not get into the first Uncharted, but I. It's you, it's something I'd did, like to get back to. Did you play Lost Legacy? No. Okay, I thought you did for some reason. Because I, I want to play that too, mm. so that's part of why I want to play 4. Allison, I would say at this point, if you have an interest in going back and playing Uncharted, you could safely watch a quick playthrough or cutscenes from the first game, because it is 
a rough game. It is rough. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I've heard. I've heard that, and I've heard that they definitely improved the series later. I just remember playing the first one and like some of the gameplay, just like it's especially rough. like the gunplay. I was just like, yes. oh, this. Oh, is it's kind I did of not annoying. like playing the first game at all. I played through it because I found the themes interesting. Because like again, white guy archaeologist. Stealing stuff yeah, and, I like, and hurting native people sucks as a trope, but I, but no, I mean, I, find, I like con, the the art and the world interesting. You know, uh, I'm on the same page like where it's characters. like where I'm like, yeah, I, I like Indiana Jones despite yeah. like any of the like possible like problematic things. You're just kind of like, yeah, problematic but it, fave. But it's but yeah, exactly. Indiana Jones archaeology and anthropology fave. are cool, yo. Yeah, no, it's neat. It's really neat. No, I like the I like the like vibe of it at all, a lot. I just like, I did not really like the gameplay, but I might, maybe <laughs> I'll have to go back and do that. So what un- you're uncharted, saying. uncharted past your vibe check. <laughs> <laughs> the second game is much better. The second game is like, if you, I, I think it's fair to say for anyone to say they don't like the second or third game too, but I think from a gameplay perspective, they're significantly better. Um, and, and you There's might enjoy them more real shitty combat at the end of three. <laughs> Not as bad as three. Okay, three I never played is three. Abysmal. So it's a minor spoiler. Three is abysmal in terms of combat. It's a minor spoiler, Allison. But I mean, there's supernaturally stuff that comes Ooh. up in those games, yeah. which is fun from a narrative perspective. Mm-hmm. Once they start introducing those things, it's always in like the last quarter of the game, and it's always terrible gameplay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the biggest yeah. thing that I feel like has been keeping me from it is that I like the idea of Uncharted, but it's also like I just the gameplay just did not appeal to me at all when it, I played it. It's but, at least, also, but I'll, I'll give it most of it the, in the second one. Yeah, nothing about the way they changed the gameplay in three for that part makes sense. Yeah. Just from like what's actually happening and they also do what a, is happening in uh, the game. It's, this I won't spoil, mm. but they do a narrative thing in three near the end. That is like, fuck you <laughs> just yeah, fuck off. <laughs> Neil Druckmann eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if Druckmann. I don't think Druckmann. I don't know if Druckmann even wrote part the, the third uncharted. I don't I believe he's he going to name search us, every single but, podcast and he's going to be commenting at us. Should, yeah, should we title this episode? com slash fix. Yeah, gaming fix, um, and then we'll we'll title this episode Neil Druckmann eat my ass, and then we'll we'll get him to click <laughs> in. <laughs> Just do it. Anyways, last I mean, of based us, on the tweets he responds to, yeah, I mean, yeah, based off he, he replies to everything, but yeah. Anyways, anyway, Last of Us Part Two is an excellent game. Um, I'm looking forward to you finishing it, Pat, and then we should do a spoiler cast where we just openly yeah. talk about everything, and Allison doesn't have to be yeah. there. She doesn't care. Uh, she can be. She can be. You can be if you want. Moderate the discussion. <laughs> what if I just sat in and was like, "Hey, so Last of Us Two. It's a, it's sure a game that came out uh, recently." Uh, Ellie. Yeah, she looks like yeah. Ellen Page. El- Got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even look that much like Ellen Page. Not in this. Not in this version. No. <laughs> I think it's just that children tend to look more similar to each other than adults because their features haven't fully developed. Are you saying Ellen Page is a child? No, I'm saying that that <laughs> when The Last of Us 1 came out, Ellen Page was closer to being a child, and everyone's memory of her was as a younger person, closer in age to Ellie. And also the plaid shirt didn't help. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. And also Ellen, being named Ellen Ellie. Page was like, <laughs> like that. That also didn't help. 
I understand why the comparisons existed. She was, she was like 25 when that. She was 10 years older than Ellie. Yeah, but like I, this is not meant as a dig at Ellen Page because I think Ellen Page is awesome. It, Ellen Page looks about eight years younger than she is. She, she is. Uh, a, yeah, that's a pretty teen accurate. Person. Yeah. Yes. Teen person is a good way to put it. Petite, petite person. I thought you said teen person. I heard teen yes, person. Yes. I thought that was I'm sorry. Like no. a teen perpetually. Ellen, which Ellen Page There's is nothing petite. wrong with that. I wish I looked like a teen forever. Just like Andy Milanakis. Oh, he, he, he looks like a teen forever. <laughs> God. Uh, he's, he's like almost 50. He's 45 or something, I think. Anyways. <laughs> well, speaking of Naughty Dog, uh, what? Crash Bandicoot 4 oh. it was announced in the news. Oh, we're going to news? All right. Fast. <laughs> uh, is there, yeah, is there, unless there's something else nope. I missed. I don't think so. Let's though. do it. No. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot 4. When oh. uh, Sam and I had our private little bets about this, the PlayStation event, I said Crash Bandicoot 4 would be, or a new Crash Bandicoot game would be revealed. And lo and behold, two weeks later, Crash Bandicoot 4. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. I brought brought you this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. They brought back the Crash costume from like the PS1 days. Yeah. I just, I don't know how much I care about Crash Bandicoot. Oh, me neither. Okay, I feel bad. People do. Friend of the show, Chris Edgerton, is a huge Crash Bandicoot fan, and mm-hmm. I always, I don't like, I don't like picking on things that 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 Chris likes, but I don't, I never, I, I, I never I, liked Crash. I feel at all. like I, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those series where, um, since I didn't have a PlayStation One back in the day, I feel like I missed out on it, like yeah, same. majorly. And then I play, I, I got in some bundle. I got the, um. Uh, insane trilogy and I played the part of the first one and I was like this is fine <laughs> I'm just, they're fine I mean I'm not I'm not I don't think it's like bad to like them yeah oh that's, absolutely that's, not I'm, I just I, feel I don't like think they're like bad games there's um, it's I feel like it's one of those series where it's hard for me to have the perspective of somebody who played it when it first came out yeah I remember what oh sorry go, ahead. No, go for it I when it first came out not when it first first came out because I was uh young enough to not really have any critical thought at that point. But within a few years of it coming out, um, I remember uh, my friend got a PlayStation uh, at, at, and and, um, we played Crash Bandicoot and we would play a level and then get bored and then put the Star Wars Episode 1 game in because that game fucking slapped. That game (laughs) is Um, (laughs) Episode 1 Racer? Racer? No. Oh no! What the what Phantom Menace that? video game? The, no that? one remembers but me, so I maybe don't it never existed at all. No. You played as effect. Like, you played through the events of the movie, and you played like Obi Wan in the in the 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 uh, Trade Federation ship at the beginning, and then you played as Qui Gon walking around with Jar Jar in the jungle. Wait, what? And like eventually, you played as like Captain Typho in in Naboo, like wait, shooting so, battle droids wait, and was, stuff. Was was it kind was of like a Shadows of game? the Empire kind of thing, or what? Like in, um, in, in gameplay and format, I mean, it was more just like a third person action game. Like it changed because sometimes you had a lightsaber person, sometimes you had like you could a be blaster. Queen Amidala or Captain Panaka. Panaka, not level. Typho. What am I saying? Yeah, he's he's um, the one from episode two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, Tanaka. Yeah, how um, dare you, Pat? Yeah, and it was <laughs> it was like a weird. It was a game where like 
like there was a long sequence on Tatooine where it was like an immersive sim almost because you could like go in people's houses as Obi-Wan and there was just like shit happening in their houses. There were no side quests or anything. That game yeah, fucking According ruled. to Wikipedia, there were side quests. You can oh, we're, interact oh. with non-player characters for directions, advice, trades, side missions, such as rescuing a captive or stopping a mugging. This game? This game this, if I had had this game, I would have been so obsessed with it as a kid. Because, like, I I, I mean, I just played huh. the uh, episode one racer, which is, which uh, slaps, but man. <laughs> that does, that's a great game, too. I will say that I think that that st- episode one game may have been terrible from a like uh, well, playing it perspective the, but like from a star wars fan perspective it's like i feel like if you're a kid who likes star wars you're like yes this is so, what i want to get back to crash we would play a level of crash and then go this is boring and then play the star wars game for like four hours where we would do things like go to the naboo battle of naboo level where you play as tanaka shoot all the battle droids and then just kind of run around and look at stuff and for like hours. Cause we loved star Wars. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, Allison, we should stream that fucking star Wars game. Okay. That we would be should. such a fun project. I would do that. Oh my God. Let's do it. <laughs> so GameSpot uh, right. rated the PlayStation version at a 4.2. So if you extrapolate that out, that's a 4.20. Uh, so that's pretty nice. Nice. 4.2 out of 10. Yes. That's unfortunate. I think so. I played it primarily on PC. I think that version may have been better. Uh, they uh, rated the PC version a four point three. So yes, oh. it is better. <laughs> anyway, I, I think love we that definitely game. should stream this. Not then. as nice. It's not as nice. Uh, yeah. Like let's anyway, definitely. Anyways, sounds like Crash probably was a better game <laughs> as a product uh, than the Crash? Phantom Menace game. But I liked Phantom Menace. But it's not Star Wars. But it's not Crash? Star Wars. See, that's the thing. Like, when you're a kid and you like Star Wars, you're just kind of like, it, as long as you can have that Star Wars thing, you're like, all right, this is pretty good. This is really good. Um, yes. There's a really good video about the Cra- Crash Bandicoot um, and the technology behind it. Uh, it's one of the Ars Technica's uh, War Stories series. Which mm, is one hundred percent worth watching, and it's all about Crash Bandicoot, and it's how they like the technology behind how they did what they did before anyone else knew how to do what they did. Like, so they basically set the standard, and like how they were using the GPU and RAM and CPU, and like how they were storing stuff and rendering stuff. It's really worth a watch. Um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? It's I think it's Andy Gavin who gives the talk, and it's yeah, it's like half an hour. It's totally worth a watch. So. No, I, I, I would push I would, the envelope since the PS One. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, I would recommend that that video over playing Crash. <laughs> All right. Well, I, is there a date on that? Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch it. So. All right. That that you know that I think that fits with uh, our what we just said, where we diverged <laughs> from Crash Bandicoot 4 to immediately talking about Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars Episode 1, the game. Hey, but, I mean, uh, it is being made by There's never a bad Toys time to talk Bob. about Star Wars Episode oh, yeah. 1. It is being made by Toys for Bob. Uh, That's a good studio. To- uh, Toys for Bob, uh, creators of Skylanders, yep. and the people... I, they did the remaster of Crash 1 to 3, right? Skylanders was like... Um, just just ahead of its time. If Skylanders had come out after Destiny was a thing, and yeah. they could justify just having one big platform game to add on to instead of having to make an, a yearly sequel, mm-hmm. oh, 
what a what a world we'd be living in. But then, but Fair. then, how would they sell you a new platform where you can yeah. put the crystals in? They wouldn't have to. <laughs> they sell add-ons to it. They could just have made it from the start expandable with ports but, on it. But um, to answer your question, Andre, I, I'm just looking. They did the Crash Insane trilogy and Spiral Reignited. Toys for Bob. Did. Okay, and so, also yeah. Skylanders. They're good at least at least at rebuilding those games. So, yeah. so I can't think of a better modern studio to do it than those guys at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so, good luck to Toys for Bob. Hopefully, people like that game. Mm-hmm. Those Crash Bandicoot that remaster did really well. So, mm-hmm. totally. All right. Next up, Star Wars Squadrons, so a game oh, yeah, Pat can play. Yeah. Pat can play one level of Crash Bandicoot Four and then put in <laughs> Star Wars Squadrons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's how they. Go. They we we talked about them announcing this game last week, but they have confirmed that the five v five matches will have AI units that you can shoot down, so you can have that dream of. Being like the super good pilot and taking out all the uh, the fodder enemies, and then oh my god, there's like a, a oh bogey my on my tail. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, then yeah, Mario I fucking that, dies. <laughs> that, <laughs> I think that's that's uh, that game is what I want from a gameplay perspective for sure. Which is a game where I can hop in with a few friends and then have that experience of like shooting a ton of Tie Fighters and then. Fighting and another you player, get shot from behind like Darth Vader, and you go, "Oh!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do think it's interesting. I heard like uh, I have heard some people say like, "Oh, I hope that they get into the the sort of the Tie Fighter thing of like not everyone in the Empire is bad." And mm-hmm. I think that that's sort of a like, no, they are all bad. They are all space fascists. They all mm-hmm. kill people, and like, no, they're all bad. Yeah, fuck you, uh, Finn. Though you well, need I mean, to read Lost Stars because it deals with that in the best way. I hope so because I don't. I one of my least favorite parts of the Star Wars fandom is the like the Empire was right, the rebels are terrorists. I think it contingent. Of yeah, fans. no, I don't. Th- it definitely doesn't do that, but I think it goes into especially like how the um, uh, and basically how a lot of the people in the Empire were uh. Like basically raised into it from birth, yeah. like kind of. I get that uh, for sure. Like, um, you know, they're, they're raised into this society, and this is like, yeah, 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 and and, and all the various, um, you know, kind of things. It, it, it certainly, I don't think it ever does the like the empire is good actually, right, right, right. Um, no, which sure I which I hate too. Um, but but, uh, yeah. but anyways, everybody, <laughs> go read Star Wars: Lost Stars. It's a very good book. Uh, but Squadron sounds like what I want it to be. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. They did come out and say that it's like a complete game in the box and they don't have DLC plans, which on the one hand is like, that's cool. I don't think a game has to, not every game has to be a game of service live game that exists forever. It's fine to put out a cool multiplayer game. Um, like go play Titanfall two. Uh, it's still fucking rad it's on steam now and it's on sale. I got to buy it uh, on steam also. Um, but uh, uh, I would kind of like for the star Wars space shooter game to be one of those live service games where they're putting stuff into it forever. <laughs> well, uh, there's a lot so. of, there is a lot of cool star Wars ships. Yeah. That I would want to play as it flies an X wing. Like, that's like, all I want to play. As. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, like there's a lot of really cool ships from like, 
Like, even if you're not a fan of the prequels, can we all agree that yes. the Naboo ships are rad? Yes, yeah, totally. Now like, this is pod racing. Y- Every <laughs> yes. there is not oh, there is put a pod racer in space. Put Sabalba <laughs> in space. Okay, I would play that game. <laughs> sure, but like, um, but, and, and but I mean, there's like so many cool ships, and people are so into Star Wars that they know every single all the ships. Well, so it's my like, hope is that this game comes out and does really well. I mean, maybe it won't, but my hope is that. It'll come out at a time when people, there's been enough time since the last movie. People are maybe like, well, we're not going to get more movies for a while. And I do like spaceships. My hope is that it takes off. And then they're like, okay, look, we had to do it. Here's the battle pass. And here's the new ships. Um, You know, we had to do it to them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, Palpatine himself. uh, Because they totally should put, I mean, they should... (laughs) It, look, look, EA Motive, cheeks. hire me to be a producer on this game. What we're mm-hmm. going to do is we're going to put out the base game. We're going to put out a season of content that adds things like B-Wings and other Galactic Civil War. So you don't want ships. that in the uh, in the base? You don't I mean, want I would love to have it in the base, but, right, but, right but, launch? but like, come on, man, that could be the pre-order DLC. Anyway, um, oh, my God, spoken like a out. true EA exactly. developer. I'm saying I'm saying so then and then uh, in spring or summer of 2021. We're going to put out the Clone Wars. It's like going to have all the Clone Wars ships. It's a big $30 expansion with a season of content for that. And then in a year after that, then we go put out uh, the the sequel uh, movies and the ships from that. And you make that. It's probably a smaller expansion because there's not quite as many different ships in that. But put out the sequel ones. And then at that point, like, oh, High Republic's been around for a while. For the first time in a video game, we're going to start showing the ships in the High Republic and put those in the squadrons. Like... This 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 could be a platform. You could make a lot of money on this EA and give EA, the people what they want. Hire Pat for that, and hire me to produce a game where it's a restaurant sim and he plays Dexter Jetster. <laughs> I'll use my clout once I get in the door there to make Thank that you. happen. Can Can Watto be the only employee? Uh, no, but Watto you've got the ro- only- but you've got the fun robot in the like the fun like. Yeah, robot in Watto. Watto is a customer who comes back all the time. Like in that uh, cafe management game from last year, I forgot the name of the mobile one. How they have the customers that come back all the time in Japan. Oh. It's not a cafe; it's a restaurant. Fuck, what's it called? Jedi mind tips don't work on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Only money. So you get like characters <laughs> that Qui Gon comes back all the time, and and Watto comes back all the time, and you get their uh, stories as the are, are as, you, as they eat. Are you thinking of Hungry Hearts? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, but, but, like that. but it's that, just Watto. Just Dexter, Dexter, and Watto. <laughs> or just Watto's the only customer in yes. the whole game. No, you gotta have Watto be the uh, the waiter so you can say, Jedi mind tips don't work on me, only money. <laughs> but that's putting you know a perfect, Jedis are like That's putting perfectly you know, good uh, droids out of business and I also, will not stand for that. There could be an upgrade mechanic with the droids where you put you put new things on them and then they're better. And also the Droids. gameplay should probably be like cook, serve delicious. Well, yeah. Star Wars things. Yeah, probably. I, honestly, I said that as a joke, but now I kind of want this game. <laughs> All right. Look, well, if they can make Pokemon uh, games about food, they can make Star Wars games about food. They sure. Pokemon, should. you say, Oh, well, you know what they can make Pokemon games about? Fucking anything. Is it five V five. Is it five V five 
multiplayer hey, battle action. Hey, have you, you, you know uh, uh, Heroes of the Storm? No, what is what that? What if it, that, but Pokemon? Oh, that was such a weird... Uh, like so, I so, that that stream yeah. started up at eight a.m. my time, and I thought, "Hey, I'll get up and watch it." And I deserve Pokemon <laughs> as a treat. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I like most Pokemon. Let's see what they offer. And it's like, of all the things that you they had uh, that you'd ask me, what is that going to be at that stream? Pokemon MOBA is n- like the furthest from what I would have guessed. So, so they had okay. They announced last week when they announced Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Smile, Pokemon Cafe. They're like, and next week on the twenty fourth, we'll have another uh, another big announcement. And like last July, they announced that they were teaming up with Tencent, Tencent. and I believe uh, the the Jimmy Teamy the the studio that is making this. And if you had been like following closely. I could see how you might come to the conclusion because the studio made like Arena of Valor and Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, Call of Duty Mobile. Both are good uh, games, Chinese by studio. the way. Yeah, no, yeah. So that's that gives me some hope for this. Yeah. Um, I played some Arena of Valor again because I was looking for stuff to play on the bike that was not Xenoblade because mm-hmm. I was avoiding playing Xenoblade. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and I played a few games of Arena of Valor. It's fun. It's 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 well made. Um, I think if Wild Rift is like that, that'll be fun for people. Mm-hmm. With maybe more interesting characters. But, yeah. So, Pokemon, it's it's Heroes of the Storm. That is their tact with Pokemon Unite. 5v5, you level up some abilities, you evolve as you level up, uh, as you'd expect with some Pokemon. It, it It's a MOBA-ass MOBA. I don't think it sounds like a terrible idea, but... I'm also not going to play it. I think it. it's not. It's <laughs> I not. Might, I mean, it's not for us. It's yeah. not really for the I'm American try it. I might give it a shot because it. I like. I don't know. I. I. The one of the big things that has kept me from a lot of mobas is the playing with other people aspect. Sure. Um, but if this is kind of a more accessible moba that is hopefully, um, you know, since it's a Nintendo game, like. I'm assuming that the communication is going to be a little bit limited. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, just maybe something to at least just kind well, of dip my toes into. I think it's a Nintendo game by virtue of Nintendo has such a high stake in, like, Pokemon. Right. But, but it is coming to but, mobile, too. Um, right, yeah. And you, you and, know how great the Nintendo games have been on mobile. Well, we'll get to that after this, but this it's it's mobile and switch developed, right. and it's not and it's, through like yeah. DNA or whoever it was that uh, was making Mario right. Kart it, it and just, shit. But I I just I, I guess I just feel like um, when I look at something with Pokemon, I assume that they're aiming for a, a little bit more accessibility versus something like League or Dota. So you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, well, they say easy to learn, hard to master. So can I put a BKB yeah, on if my like you want to just, uh, yeah, definitely. I don't they, think it has items. So I like, can't have a daily. I don't Charizard? think you can have a, I don't think you can, you can put, um, oh, rune and hurricane give, give, rapier on your, give, give Pikachu a Dagon. <laughs> Blink dagger. The Dagon is um, basically like a fucking taser. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
I would, I Pikachu give, doesn't I, need that. Pikachu I, is the taser. That was Pikachu the joke. is a living static shiv. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. I uh, want to point out that uh, Twitter user at DavyBot um, on the night before tweeted, oh, I yeah. swear to God, if I wake up tomorrow to a Pokemon MOBA. <laughs> That yeah. tweet got some circulation because it, it was funny. I it think they funny. probably had figured it out from what I, I think there was probably some foresight there based on what you were saying, Andre. Um, uh-huh. I, I, but, uh, but, but yeah, um, I don't know. I'll play it. I like trying out new MOBAs. And the thing about uh, it being on switch that's exciting is they put out a pretty good version of arena of valor on switch, but it was off oh. patch from the mobile one. So it didn't have mm. crossplay. And so it died like immediately mm-hmm. uh, and they only updated it for like six months and um, it is still on the store and you could still spend money on it, but it is not being worked mm-hmm. on anymore and there's no player base for it. Uh, but uh, the only other Switch MOBAs, has a lot of those. Yeah, um, but it doesn't have a lot of MOBAs. It has Smite on it, which yeah. they did their best. And I think Smite is a phenomenal game. I'm a huge fan of it. They're doing an Avatar: The Last Airbender battle pass, which is pretty cool. Hmm. Where you can make they, your, your Smite gods look like Avatar skin. characters. That's cool. They have a Bob Ross skin, um, but uh, Smite on Ross Switch, uh, <laughs> Smite on Switch is just clunky because it's just you would expect it to be. Um, it's as functional as it can be, but it doesn't. It's not enjoyable to play really on that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so. If they could come up with a good MOBA on Switch, that'd be awesome, because I'm somebody who really yeah. likes that genre and would love a really casual one that I don't have to spend a lot of time learning to lay in bed and play a game of before bed or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and to take on trips and be able to get some of that gameplay on, on, a, on a trip or something. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's a cool idea. The, tra- the presentation was pretty bad, I thought, <laughs> but yes. it's not really the fault of the game. Yeah, it's a lot of people in like remote locations and like translated voiceover and all that kind of stuff. It's difficult to show totally that kind of stuff, probably, especially if it's their first time. Like, I guess, well, it's not, I don't know, it's Game Freaks or the Pokemon, not even Game Freak, it's the Pokemon Company's first time kind of showing this type of game. Yeah. So I assume there's some challenges there. But, uh, all right. Well, let's see what else we got. What else we got? Uh, oh, well, yeah. Nintendo getting out of mobile game dev. Uh, they Good. have determined that this the the mobile stuff has kind of been doing some harm to their uh, brand image. Uh, with like, well, uh, people are just not having it with Mar- uh, Mario Kart. And things like that. What was the animal? Was it Pocket Camp that people were kind of Pocket Camp? People seem actually into now. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't, but part of that seems yeah. to be the success of uh, New Horizons, right? And they say they want to like investigate doing more stuff like New Horizons. It sounds like, mm-hmm. uh, like so more service game oh, stuff. Allison, but there's breaking news. Literally seven seconds ago, mm-hmm. I'm going to send a link to our our uh, group chat. And I'm going to ask for you guys to get your opinions on it. Sorry to interrupt the mobile thing, but oh, uh, we'll we'll call attention to this later. So this is it. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Cool. cool. Uh, All right. Yeah, that's weird. They're doing a uh, custom wired uh, Wavebird controller for the. 
for the Switch. It's just a GameCube controller. Yeah. It's not a WaveBird, unless it's from the WaveBird region of France. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just <laughs> sparkling <laughs> GameCube. It's a sparkling GameCube controller, but they're also labeled with Mario and Luigi for some reason. And they're also only $15. Yeah, $15 is a really good price for a controller. Yeah. I feel I feel like these aren't new. Yeah, I feel like these sure have been a thing. Had some. I think these have been out for a while. Really? I think maybe they're just out for a while and they're only $15 now. That's yeah, they're just on sale right now. Interesting. Either way, 15 bucks for I a controller. I think these came out around These came out when like Smash came out, I think. Did yeah. They? yeah. Okay, yeah. I must have missed that. My Pretty bad. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, yeah. Damn, damn, son. But the mobile games that Nintendo put out were pretty universally bad. Yeah, yeah. I tried a lot of them, and, and they were they were sure mobile games. But played, <laughs> I played a lot of Magikarp Jump. Oh yeah. God, I forgot that. But I, I don't know if that was that wasn't a Nintendo one. That was a uh, Pokemon Company one. Yeah. So like Pokemon Company is still going to make like Pokemon Cafe and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Um. But I, Nintendo is not doing like more Mario stuff or Animal Crossing games. What, what was the Fire whatever. Emblem one? I put like an hour into that. Uh, Fire Emblem Hero? Gotcha Houses. <laughs> Fire Emblem gotcha. Heroes is, I think, what it was called. Heroes is called. Right. R- is, or is that the. No, no, no Warriors is. Heroes. Warriors is the. Um, That's the Mosu yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Heroes is the mobile one. You're right. Muso game, sorry. That one, that. yeah. Um, Swap the vowels. I didn't like that one at all. <laughs> uh, Dragalia Lost. Remember Dragalia Lost, you guys? No. Uh, oh, where yeah. the <laughs> was that Nintendo? Yeah. 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 It was. Okay. That was straight up Nintendo. Uh, I bet they port that the to only Switch. Thing... Or is it on Switch? Mm, I don't think so. No. It's. I remember last. Uh. Uh, like. When it was when I was using my Android phone before I got my iPhone, I would sometimes get updates for Dragalia Lost, but in Japanese, and it felt like they were just giving up on the English language. Uh, Dragalia Lost. The music uh, for it slaps, though. The music is the so good. Year-on-year revenue dropped like uh, it was down like forty percent year over year. Oof. Uh, from February to May 31st, uh, Super Mario Run, similar, but that has no uh, in-game stuff. Uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, also down, like, maybe 10%, 20%. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, up, like, 40%. Mm. And then everything else is not uh, Nintendo, but... Remember Miitomo? Yeah, so it seems like... Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't thought about Miitomo in a week. <laughs> But like honestly, <laughs> sorry, Pat. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm not actually upset. Just makes me think of Tomodachi Life for some reason. Tomodachi mm-hmm. Life was good though. It was good, and then I think of like Shaquille O'Neal and Tomodachi Life, and like <laughs> and Alex Navarro going, "I'm Alex Navarro." Oh God, that was so good. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, man. Okay, oh God, I am like now. I'm just going down this rabbit hole where I'm gonna have to listen to Dragalia Lost music in. Which is like gone. while playing Mitomo. The it's like the train in it's like an anime. The train hit like a blade in the middle of the the track, and we've split into multiple directions <laughs> away. <laughs> um. Well, bringing us back, <laughs> the station. Sam Barlow's got a new game. 
Yeah, that Steam teaser Coming stuff is cool. Eventually. Yeah, no, that looked cool. I'm super excited uh, for that. Currently titled Project A. I don't know if they'll actually change that. There's I a lot think, of redacted stuff here. Yeah, I don't think that's the final name of the game. They're just teasing it in a weird but way. But hear me out. The first thing in the trailer, the first trailer on the Steam page, the first image, looks like a snake. Seems like there's space in there for it to say Project Anaconda. So, what wasn't if that the name of one of the Xboxes? What if it's Project oh, so, Anaconda? So, Sam Barlow is making the next Xbox. I get it. Yes. What yeah, if, that's cool. Yeah. What if it's Project Annapurna and it's just the Steam page for Stray? <laughs> and he's actually doing Stray, but it's a full motion video game just with cats and robots. It's like her story you're telling lies, but with cats and robots. Um, it, the. So it seems like it's going to be an FMV game like his previous works. Uh, the the Steam page is a lot of redacted stuff. Uh, you get such gems as New, Sam Barlow, Half Mermaid, Cinema, Death. It's worth uh, mentioning Half Mermaid is the publisher, I believe. Yes, uh, that too. So Half Mermaid okay, does not yeah. necessarily refer to content in the game. Because I looked and... Telling, I mean, it might. I don't know, but Telling Lies was also published, I believe, by uh, Mermaid. Well, no, no, 1968. I'm sorry. I'm oh. sorry, that's incorrect. So this, it probably is a narrative thing, and the, they've even made the publisher well, be like, publi- oh, maybe, yeah, that would be because, uh, no, Telling Lies, her story, uh, it there, if that's a half oh, yeah. Mermaid okay. Productions, Sam okay. Barlow. Never mind. So that's his own it's, thing. That's his studio. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's the shape so of shape of water. about this game. 1968, Gothic, 1971, NYC, 1999, pop star, 2022, Barlow, custodian, concordance. Uh, I, I, maybe (laughs) I've actually not played either telling lies or her story. They're good. Her story is like, her story is exceptionally good. It is a, it is a fantastic game. I didn't play telling lies because I heard Mm. less good things about it, but her, her story is excellent. Uh, any other thoughts on project a, well, I guess we'll see. What do you what do you what do you think the A stands for? Project Annapurna, and it'll be about okay. Project Annapurna, stray, yeah. stray cats. I will say that in the similar to games you've played category, it's giving me her story and Alan Wake, which is an interesting. <laughs> I don't know what is tying it to Alan Wake. Probably thermoses, uh, batteries, <laughs> Verizon. Uh, I'm not logged in on my browser on steam but for me it says alan wake ultra despair girls and american nightmare dongan ropa ultra despair girls those are quite intriguing comparisons if there's some back-end thing that they can that allows them to control the like those options Mm -hmm. well ultra despair girls is basically a first person shooter so (laughs) interesting (laughs) yeah well uh, moving on. Next, oh wait, Allison, what do you think Project A is? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what is the A? I mean, Allison. Project Allison. 
Yeah. It's Project Avengers, actually. This is what the Avengers game actually is. This is God, Sam Barlow's Avengers game. I, I'd want to play that. Fuck. Uh, anyway. Anyways, next. Pretty cool. Yeah. Do we do we want to talk about that Avengers video? I we did not watch it. it. We don't so have I, it. Didn't, I didn't watch it. I'm significantly more interested in that game than I was. Um, it looks so boring when you watch the footage without the UI up, but when you see the UI, you can tell there's a lot of like cooldowns and like stat numbers flying around, and it looks like it's a it's a action game that has a lot of RPG elements. I mean, it looks like a mm-hmm. Destiny, but when they're Super when they're gross. trying to make it look cinematic, you're like, this oh, it looks, looks like ass when it's trying to be made yeah. cinematic to me. Like, not ass. It looks, it's, it's a triple A video game. It has good visuals. It looks kind of assy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> I didn't think it looked good. I think if it is sort of in the same squadrons vein, if it is ultimately the kind of thing, and we can assume pretty safely that this is what they're going to do where you play through an eight hour story campaign and then you have like 20 or so hours of, of multiplayer content to do with your friends. That is actually interesting, which it looked like it could be because there's a lot of like character powers playing off each other and like team stuff and character builds matter and that kind of stuff. And then three months after launch, you get a season that's like, this is the season of strange. And now Dr. Strange is in the game and you get to play as him um, in a short single player story campaign and then add him to your multiplayer games. And he adds another variable that could be cool i hope that's what it is but i hope it actually feels good to play because the jury's out on that it looks like it could be terrible to play or really really fun it's just hard to know right now yeah uh how about cyberpunk did anybody watch that any, i did any thoughts i haven't had a chance to watch it yet um i'm still really really speaking of I potentially problematic faves. I'm still really, really, really excited about that game. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's coming out from people that are like, like there's two characters that have, I want to say they're not Portuguese. They have, um, they have names that mean left and right. Uh, okay. And, um, just one always no, tell the truth and one always lies. So, so this, there are characters named left and right in Portuguese, uh, but the character that means for right, they use the name or the word correct from the Portuguese okay. language instead oh. of the direction right. So, like, the names are fucked up because oh. they don't have a native mm-hmm. Portuguese speaker on their design team yeah. making those decisions. And it looks like there's a lot of those little things in there, like... There was a, there's a, there's a, there's a sign, like a neon sign that says H O. And then it has the Japanese characters that as Teru. So it's like Hoteru. Yeah. Hotel. Yeah. So, but why? (laughs) Because it's cyber. No, no, it does though. If you, if you jump forward like 50 years from now, Japan or like, you'll get like mixed English and Japanese. This is what I mean by problematic faves is I fucking, I will admit that it is also appropriative and I would be totally fine with people saying we can't do this. We should stop doing this in the same way as the Indiana Jones tropes. I fucking love the whole like street samurai person with a bunch of like implants running around with a katana and going into the, the, the ramen shop and like all that shit is, I find it, it's cool looking. And so I mean, a lot of it, that is like, at least like 
culture wise, there's a lot of Asian culture influence in the States, uh, like especially in big yeah. cities, like with and, Chinatowns and stuff. You can go to ramen shops, sushi shops there, you know, and like places in places like exist. Seattle too. It's, it's yeah. like that, which is where a lot of, um, not a lot of, there has, have been authors who have t- had takes on, on cyberpunk in, in a lot of West coast cities. Um, and, and I think yeah. that's where they get well, that influence. So I mean, look I don't at, know. I, I, it's not a new thing. Look at big hero six. That is a major movie, yeah, which takes that totally. influence very directly. Um, yeah, I'll say from like, not the first or not the last. That'll be yeah. like, Hey, look at this like vaguely Asian culture to, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't, but I don't not actually, it. you know, interacting with anything yeah. genuinely. Like Japanese I, or Chinese, or yeah, so like from like whatever. Oh, sorry. The presentation <laughs> in Cyberpunk that that they did was good. The trailer was a little like up to this point. The trailers have felt very like um, I don't know, kind of impactful is maybe the wrong word, but you can like see story the, like, stuff or well, no, more tonally. Stuff. Even the gameplay, like gameplay and story trailers, all the trailers okay. that they have done so far have felt to me pretty serious. I guess is the way I would put it. Um, and like a little bit on the heavy side, like you would expect from the developer of the Witcher, um, not without their, their like funny moments, but, but generally serious in tone, the trailer they put out for this thing is so weird. It is like, it makes it look like the actual gameplay parts look fantastic and the visuals and the art direction and everything, but they chose this, like a really bad song to go with it. And it's kind of like, at least I felt that way on one watch. And it almost looks like like a movie trailer for like, oh, they're doing a, a cyberpunk movie, and I guess Matt Damon is in it. Okay, and like or, Wait, or Matt like, Damon's in this game? No, no, no. I'm just trying to come up with the right <laughs> oh. tone of like a movie trailer that you watch and it's entirely forgettable. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they're gonna make a cyberpunk movie, but like that doesn't have the impact it should. You know, mm-hmm. of like that looks boring. I'm not gonna watch that. That's what this trailer with the way it's edited and the music and stuff came off to me as it was not very good in my opinion but then the larger gameplay stuff they got into is really good i recommend um checking out uh um paris who does like a bunch of just different he's been on spawn on me and stuff um vicious vicious 696 on twitter his youtube um is uh i think it's just called paris but he had a really good um impressions video that's about 40 minutes long you can kind of skip around we talked about the whole demo that he played um, and uh, and it sounds great. And a lot of that like more actual gameplay demo footage that they revealed was really cool. Yep. I will say part of my reservations with him is he is already saying it is his game of the year uh, before <laughs> he even had like played that stuff. So, it, so there is like that. He, yes. That, the reason I bring it up is because he's actually pretty critical of certain aspects of it in mm-hmm. the video. Um to the extent where he was like, it, it's a lot more muted, I guess, than a lot of his former, mm-hmm. like, holy shit, this is incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But it's still, it, I'm pretty excited based on what they, they showed. The thing that they showed that I'm very excited about is that game is a huge world. Um, it has a map yeah. that is, it, its map is like similar to The Witcher 3 in terms of like mm-hmm. scale and scope and stuff. Um, it has. And more vertical. Yes, and it has big, dense city sequences for sure, but there are also times when you're like, I'm getting in my car and driving for 10 minutes across the map if you want to. I don't think that that's not like, I'm not saying that it's going to be like, oh, you have to drive everywhere, but it seems mm-hmm. like structurally it's closer True to dystopia. something like 
the way that Grand Theft Auto V's map is laid out, where you have a big, wide open area and then a dense city area, it seems like that's kind of more what they're going for with this game. Yeah. Um, um, so, anyway, I'm I'm excited for it. It looks it looks excellent. After the presentation, they also talked about uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runners, which is a anime being put out by Studio Trigger. Oh yeah, which is pretty exciting because yeah. Studio Trigger is great. I'm excited about that because they made Promare and Little Witch Academia and Kill a Kill. So. Yeah. Really, really good I'm, studio. I'm, I did. I'm psyched for that. They're also doing a comic book that I'm gonna pick yeah. up. What's up, Andre? That looks great too. Oh no, we talked about the delay uh, last week. Oh yeah, uh, they. I think they came out and said that uh, maybe as part of that we didn't discuss it though is that like the DLC and multiplayer are also being delayed uh, accordingly. So I forgot it even two month delay. Multiplayer. Well, it won't at launch. That's fine. I think. I don't know. I don't know if it even uh, will ever need that. Uh, it depends not. on what it is, because I mean, maybe it'll be like a Netrunner game. Could be. One thing they said to, to um, and from from Paris's impressions, he talked about this, and they talked about this more in the presentation. It it is definitely like a Deus Ex in the sense that it's like you know got its immersive sim elements and it's first person, but but it is also very much an RPG. So like it is still a game where if you make a character who is not good at using guns, then they might not necessarily be good at using guns. Um, it is not a game that is like a shooter with some RPG stuff. It is still a, it sounds like it's more of an RPG even than the Witcher in terms of like the amount of stat concerns you have and the way you build your character. Um, it's got a lot of that. Like, do you want to be a smooth talker? Do you want to be a, a gun guy? Do you want to be stealthy? Do you want to be a hacker? Do you want to be, you know, whatever, um, which is really exciting to me. I think that's that's super cool. Speaking of a number of stat concerns, seems like Microsoft might have had some stat concerns about one of their services. <laughs> uh, Not anymore, yeah. they don't. <laughs> no, uh, it's Facebook's problem now, baby. <laughs> well, at least and, Facebook's good at yeah. solving problems. <laughs> Rather unexpectedly. Uh, as a shock to basically everyone involved, Mixer is being shut down and yeah. basically everyone is being shuttled over yeah. to Facebook gaming. Dude, uh, I think For what? <laughs> I, I remember sending you guys this, this message as it was happening. I was like, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Because it's just they just spent it's just like fifty million dollars on bringing Ninja and Shroud to the service like what three or four months and, ago yeah other people and yeah like and presumably a big part of the idea was we'll get Ninja to play Halo and just nobody came to Mixer with Shroud I, or Ninja I think, um, didn't we talk about that when Ninja went over we were like yeah. we're oh, like we're like. Sure. Good, yeah. Bring them over there. Mixer is great. It's just the audience isn't going to care. Like the community yeah. at Mixer is just so small, and it's going to be even smaller uh, when there's. So apparently, yeah. there's going to be some stuff where, like, maybe you can stick with the Mixer community and not integrate with the Facebook community. What? I don't know how this is all working, but <laughs> really, I didn't see that. Ninja and Shroud will not be taking their communities <laughs> to. Facebook gaming yeah. as they decided, hell no, you have to pay us out our full contracts now and we're going back to Twitch. It's like, yo, you got like thirty million dollars, just like just tap out, man. Just let some other people like get big, get some money. 
You don't need it. Yeah. Just sit the fuck down. That's that's a good point. Just suffer actually. life. Go away. Just just like go away. Uh, you know, if people like Ninja, that's fine. People like Shroud. Shroud seems like a all right dude. I guess I don't know. Uh, seems less less shitty than Ninja potentially. But like um, also, just just sit the fuck down. It's <laughs> or stand the fuck up and go outside. I don't know. But, <laughs> Beam was a really amazing service. Mm-hmm. Like I was a Beam sure. member for years and years and years. And Beam.pro? Yep, Beam.pro. Um, yeah, that was what it was. You're right. Um, and then when Microsoft bought Beam, it was a little bit like that community was pretty hesitant, but they're like, well, maybe this will be a good thing because maybe it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it never really got much bigger ever. Even after sure. adding Ninja and stuff, like I, from what I heard, I didn't watch it as much then. It just never grew, mm-hmm. and everything else did. YouTube gaming grew, Facebook gaming grew, Twitch grew. Because people are already on Facebook, people are on YouTube, people are already going to Twitch. Yeah, which is owned so, by Amazon. <laughs> so they're, yeah. they're prime. But is it? And, but it, people have been on there for so long, and yeah, like. Mixer came late, you know. Mixer's own was is owned by Microsoft, so like Amazon, Microsoft. Eh. Yeah, you could make the argument that Amazon is worse, but still, big corporations. Eh. Yeah, I mean, neither of them are good. Uh, yeah, Microsoft is getting better, but but yeah. yeah, I mean more from the perspective of like selling facial recognition software to the DOJ and ICE and stuff like that. Like as a company, they do a lot of shady shit. They make a lot of military hardware now and stuff. So it's like, yeah, Xbox is 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 certainly has they've improved their image over time and um, Windows but, as well. Yeah, for sure. But um, big corporations do bad things. Turns out, what a product yeah. of <laughs> capitalism? Excuse and me, capable. <laughs> uh, How dare ah, you? you. <laughs> You criticize society, yet you live in one. <laughs> exactly. I will say, um, if there's a fucking Facebook integration in Xbox, and you have to like, I doubt they'll do this. But if you have to like sign into Facebook to use your Xbox, I would definitely not buy a new Xbox. I think <laughs> that would be. I think Larry came. I mean, out. Everyone thought it was the Sega Series X, <laughs> the uh, the Facebook, Facebook Series X. I, I think Larry uh, Major Nelson came out and said that no, that will not be the case. I would assume that would not happen, but. Jeff Gersman was musing about yeah. it, and I was like, "Do not speak that into existence." Yeah, like, what forward. if that was their their supposed mic drop moment for their event was, next month? Was what to kill Mixer? Oh. Facebook, oh. Facebook <laughs> integration on the Series X. I still think system oh, level. God, no. gone are gamer tags. It's a real name oh, Facebook God. integration. So I don't think this is going to happen. I want to make that clear because this would be absolutely off the wall wild, but. The thought did occur to me that was like, what if Microsoft bought Facebook? That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but <laughs> what if that was like, they were like, Facebook board of directors wants to get rid of the Zuck real bad. Microsoft steps in, <laughs> says, okay, we'll clean up your image. The you know. Zuck. Yeah. Uh, that would be, off. that would make a lot of this uh, <laughs> make more, make more sense to me, but uh, they also pointed. I think a, they just want to get rid of Mixer. They're like, if this is not doing it, <laughs> yeah. And and someone, a few people that I've heard have pointed out that like 
they're not going to do a deal with Amazon because Amazon will likely be coming out with a streaming service soon. They're not going to do a deal Mm -hmm. with Google because Google has a streaming service. So the other big player in live streaming is Facebook. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, and they're not, Facebook is not a competitor to Microsoft in any real space. So Microsoft owns LinkedIn, don't they? Yeah. I don't know how much, I know it's very dumb, but LinkedIn has its own streaming platform. I don't think Microsoft yeah, wants to manage uh, the LinkedIn streaming platform at all. Yeah, no. What were you going to say, Allison? Oh, and there, I mean, I, I, I've never seen LinkedIn's uh, streaming platform, but I assume it's same. Like the probably the probably like is aiming for a very different demographic. Yeah, I just wonder, like, are they going to bring some of the mixer technology there, like FTL? Stream on LinkedIn. PUBG on, <laughs> oh, stream FTL on LinkedIn. No, 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 streaming go. FTL. Uh, I was, yeah, the, I was going to say, protocol. I was like, oh, is this going to help me with my job search? <laughs> like, hey, if you, you know, hire me for your job, cool. I uh, look at how good I am at the Binding of Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> and FTL. Get partnered on LinkedIn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if it would help me find a job in this market, like, maybe, I, I'd do uh, it. That is your job. That is your job. You're streaming Binding of Isaac full time oh, on LinkedIn. Imagine if you could get like emotes made and you can use those on posts in LinkedIn. Oh, God. I could respond with that when people, when salespeople try to sell me marketing software yeah. via LinkedIn. Mm. Um, I will admit I had never heard of Facebook gaming prior to this announcement. It is apparently larger oh. than Mixer has ever been, um, but uh, yeah. I have I have not I never heard of it. it it's, it's I've I've heard of it purely yeah. because we use Restream for this this right. podcast, and it is an option. So I looked at it and I said, "Fuck no." <laughs> that's uh. that's my knowledge of Facebook gaming, really. I I have heard of it. I've maybe seen some stuff like in like ads and stuff because I'm I still go on Facebook because I'm an awful person who is uh, stuck in social media. But it's it's so bad. Facebook's so bad. Yeah, I yeah. don't log into. Every, I just use so, Messenger. To I talk I to use people. Facebook, but I also like don't respect myself for using Facebook. I would love to. I should just delete my Facebook and what, make a Messenger only account. What are the, what do the kids use these days? Are they all TikTok. about the TikTok? TikTok, okay. yeah, that's it's TikTok. Facebook on is the face, clock, Facebook DJ is Boomerville. Uh, Twitter is where all the millennials go to <laughs> doom scroll, and uh, TikTok is the place for the kids. The Zoomers. What, yep. What's um? Okay, so there's no more Vine, right? That's dead. It's coming back. Is it? But like Vine, like it's, like the spirit bite, of Vine bite. is kind is of Vine too. Isn't it bite? Bite is back, so you're right. It's, it already it's back. came back, so it'll be Barks. dead soon because I haven't heard anyone I've talk about it. Not heard anyone Spon- yeah. sponsored by Barks, so they can say Barks has bite. Um, but <laughs> I'm trying to think of other social media platforms, and I can't really think of them other than like your, your Instagram and MySpace and all that shit. But I don't know, man. The bite, the bite uh, website has not had anything new since May 18th. Wow! In the what's new section. Cool. So it's yeah. happening. Anyway. Anyways, uh, they're making Mixer partners sign NDAs if they choose to move over to Facebook Gaming, which is fucking wild. NDAs about what? <laughs> right. I don't know. Nobody knows. Like uh, they're NDA'd. But like, <laughs> exactly. I know that Twitch partners are technically NDA'd about the terms of their agreements. 
Mm-hmm. Like they they aren't supposed to share like oh per subscriber I get this percent of whatever money back blah 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 and but, maybe that's all it is I don't know yeah I saw some people saying that it seemed odd to them that they were being asked no. to sign NDAs yeah because it sounded like everyone was being asked to do that maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong but it sounded like everyone even those who weren't partnered or anything oh yeah I don't know uh, about that were, it may have just been if you set up um, monetization on your channel even if you're not maybe. partnered <laughs> well. Uh, lucky for Twitch that Shroud and Ninja are coming back because once again, Doctor Disrespect has been banned. Fuck that guy. So good. Uh, uh, yeah, it, that's not it, a it's surprise. Been, it's been a lot. Been a lot of scuttlebutt around this one. Uh, no one knows what happened. Uh, is supposedly permanent, as some as some sources are saying. Uh, neither I mean, Twitch nor Doctor Disrespect have said anything. If it's uh, as bad as the as people are making it sound, it's awful that he did whatever he did to someone to deserve that. But he's been a problem for a very long time. Yeah, oh, yes. this yeah. Is, it's yes. unbelievable that it took this long to get him removed. Well, I mean, yes. For those who might not have context, the previous ban, I believe, was because he was filming someone in a bathroom and live streaming it. He, and he went at E3. I saw the video, and he went into a bathroom at E3 last year and live streamed like without anyone's consent, and there were minors in the bathroom. Yeah. Like it was. And, you didn't see anything explicit on the stream, but it was disgusting. Yeah, and, and right, also, and it, oh, sorry, Allison. Oh, just and and something that like Twitch very clearly needs to say: Hey, this is not acceptable. Yeah. So yeah. it's good and, that they like plan and they uh, took action then. And but this kind of um, more like permanent action feels very um, long time coming. Yeah, like, um, but another thing he did was he very it, openly cheated on his wife and then turned it into this whole yeah. thing and like makes him seem like kind of a shit human. But, um, there's been, uh, suspicion. I don't like commenting on suspicion because it's suspicion, mm-hmm. but that whatever happened for this band, this permanent band, might have been more criminal. Yeah. And, and yeah, there was some. People are like dissecting the like last ten minutes of his previous stream. Uh, he said like some weird stuff. He's like, "Oh, we're gonna get through this together." Uh, looking Hope, at his phone, hopefully uh, whatever stuff he, he doesn't normally do. I hope whatever he did isn't actually tied to the current wave of allegations. And if it's criminal, it's not something that physically harmed or emotionally harmed someone. Hopefully, like tax evasion. Yeah, or hopefully something. he Please. did something, some kind of like fraud or something. Um. Nothing and but I'll say even breaking. those those major incidents of him the the him cheating on his wife and having his tearful apology and then coming back to the biggest streaming numbers the platform had ever seen a, like a month later yeah which was bullshit um was bad enough and then the bathroom streaming thing was awful in between there he has been consistently racist and sexist on his channel the entire yeah. time he would make fun of Chinese hackers in PUBG by using extremely racist tropes and accents. He's made fun of people, as far as I know, from lots of different cultures and and societies in really shitty ways. And his community eats it up. And Twitch really should have done something about him a long time ago. Instead, they signed him to a huge exclusive contract. So, like, that was one of my biggest frustrations with the platform. So I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. He didn't hurt anyone. Um, All their contracts are exclusive. Well, that's true. But Twitch is. It's it's giant, like, huge. Yeah, he got a lot of money, though. Yeah, Twitch has been pretty problematic about that kind of stuff for a long time, where big names, quote unquote, like that they have, have done. Get away with so much. Yeah, like they can get away with a lot of shit that they just don't tolerate for the smaller streamers. Like, 
for people who maybe they are partnered but only have like two thousand subscribers versus these these big boys and girls like your uh, I don't even remember the name of the girl who basically abused her cat on stream and then like they didn't do anything about it Um, like stuff like that it's threw the cat over her head yeah yeah and like other stuff. Same same streamer and like really toxic behaviors and all this stuff that they don't tolerate for the smaller ones, but because the big ones bring in lots of views and lots of bucks, they just mm-hmm. they tolerate it and it's shit. <laughs> they also pretty categorically show more lenient, like they're they're harsher on women typically, mm. which is part of why that situation was like even more political and weird. With Alinity is the name of that streamer, right? Um, uh because they're they do not evenly apply it's both audience size and then they also tend to have harsher uh to come down harder on women than they do on men um for a lot of a lot of different things mm-hmm. and so as a platform their moderation is uneven and bad uh hopefully you know this is this current wave a lot of the allegations we talked about earlier in the show there are a lot of those leveled at streamers on the platform. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that has an effect as well. And their moderation becomes more even and just better all around. Um, Cause they certainly have a responsibility to moderate their community and make it a safe space for people, uh, which they are not doing currently. So I would like to love to see that change. Well, uh, that's going to bring us to our last story then. Uh, unless the anyone has any one. final the, the most the biggest news one. Tokyo Game Show Online 2020 set for September 23rd to 27th. Uh, it is not clear at all looking at the Tokyo Game Show <laughs> website what this actually is going to be. Uh, it'll probably be some like streams or something, maybe some demos. T- probably just some streams though. I don't know. TGS is purely a fan event, right? Like it's not really. No, it's there. Is it, there's is it industry. It's, like it's mostly a Japan event. Like it's, but like there are fan days and there are press days. Okay, so they do split. I it. believe. Okay. I believe. So it, it's more like a. I is it more like a PAX or is it more like an E3? It's more like an E3, I believe. Okay. Like, there's no cosplay, or, or there might be some, but I believe it's more like a. I believe it's more like an E3 than a PAX. Yeah, yeah no, like, one, t- like 10 years ago, it was definitely an industry event. I just didn't know what it was these days. One interesting thing that I would hope we'll start to see in these later in the year events, TGS is maybe not the one from an infrastructure and location perspective, but um, in reading the Cyberpunk coverage, one of the things that's interesting is they streamed that game to press, checking it out. Um, they did yeah, not, GeForce Now. Yeah, they didn't provide builds, mm, which um, that's good. Wh- of course, they wouldn't. That would be wild. Um, which <laughs> Paris in his reaction video kind of said, like the latency and the streaming stuff made it harder to really get a feel for a lot of the gameplay. But um, it would be cool if some AAA developers, like we had the Steam Summer Games Fest, which was awesome from the perspective of highlighting indies um, who offer who are offering demos. It would be cool if there was a way to stream demos of indies and larger uh, games that maybe have sort of like the sort of demos that would show up at a TGS. I think that could be really awesome. Um, I think right now it would be so difficult because, you know, if you're doing it across GeForce now, maybe it uh, makes it a bit easier, but like 
doing it like what they did with the Summer Games Fest. Actually, doing it the GeForce Now way is the only way that makes sense because you don't want to be like QA testing a demo for like a million different configurations. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, you would have so, to do yeah, it. GeForce would, Now would be a yeah. way to make this actually work. Right, that's what I mean. Because you would have to you would have to be able to stream it from a box that's going to run it based on the parameters that you're setting um you can know this is exactly how it's gonna run getting the infrastructure set up is the challenging part i think so like having hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people hit a server to to play a demo would be rough but if they could partner with someone like stadia or xcloud or or um something to kind of build that infrastructure out i think that could be a really cool Hmm. way because i don't even know if by next e3 we're going to be able to pack tens of thousands of people in a Hmm. convention center yeah. Um, it would be interesting down the road to see that as a as an option. And that was one of the promises of Stadia was, oh, you're watching a YouTube video, then you can click and play a demo. Yeah, for right from the video. Yeah, there's a lot of promises with yeah. Stadia, but um, <laughs> maybe they'll use that <laughs> fog, that fog can computing, whatever they called it, where all the fog gaming, yeah, Sega, the Sega the network of arcade machines. <laughs> yeah. They'll use Play riots. DDR at home or they'll something. They'll use riots internet that they made. Private internet. Oh, we gotta get All right. whatever well, that spyware thing was that they installed in your kernel. What was it called? Vanguard. Vanguard. Thank you. <laughs> I actually forgot. More like car phalanx. Am I right? What? <laughs> Van okay, car, uh... car phalanx. <laughs> It's it's one thirty a.m. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm broken. I have plans well, in an hour and good. a half that are important, but I'm going to just be a shattered shell now. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky for you, we can end this podcast uh, episode one twenty-seven. Is that where we're That's at? That's the one twenty-seven, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining me, everybody. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Fix Podcasts, and you can head over to Fix.Space uh, to find the podcast on your podcast platform of choice or go to podchaser.com slash gamingfix to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. You can find me, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite onomatopoeia, at Twitter, on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. Pat, where can people find you? You can find me developing a kernel access uh, <laughs> podcasting software called Car Guard or Car Phalanx. Car Phalanx. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at PJC Plays. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me performing Swift Winnies just all the time. <laughs> As to be expected. Allison. You can find me on Twitter at uh, W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Yeah. Thanks sure. for having me. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Why was that? Why did you get to be weird about that one? <laughs> I don't know. It's really awkward for some reason. Yeah. I started thinking about names for Allison's and I, Allison and I's Phantom Menace stream. I, I, I will legitimately do that with you. Let's do it. <laughs> continued. Yes. Well, hopefully, we'll have a, a, a spoiler cast next week. <laughs> About Phantom Menace or Last of Us Two? Oh, we should so, have a Phantom Menace spoiler cast. Both. I would do that. Oh my god! <laughs> you won't believe what happens with what Darth if, Maul. 
what if we every there's like a musical chairs kind of thing and we like every so often on a random time we have to switch between talking about the last of us part two and the phantom menace <laughs> god hi <laughs> misa gonna want to die if we do that <laughs> for six hours discussing both at length I'm going to close this call now. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us. So long. So long.